This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Online and on DAB Digital Radio. TalkSport 2 Live. So, very good evening, and thanks for your company tonight. So, again, from 8pm this evening, Talk Sport 2 Live will turn its focus to the EFL on your home of the Football League. And I have Adam Virgo and Ali Maxwell from Not The Top 20 Podcast alongside me to address the big talking points of the weekend. Guests later would include the Wickham Wanderers manager Gareth Ainsworth and the Luton striker James Collins following his Saturday hat-trick. Before then, though, it's the Fans Forum. Supporters having their say on the gigantic debating points of the day, addressing the massive stories, including our newfound love of the Nations League, Scotland's decided tomorrow night at Hampden, and Wales falling just short of promotion. Also to discuss, the crowds are growing at the door of Gordon Taylor, the threat of the championship breaking up, plenty more to get our teeth into as well this evening. But first, the year we fell back in love. You can see the affection for each other. Harry Kane fires it low towards the near post, right under the diving body of Azohu. Loftus Cheek finds Rashford, who's gone for goal and has scored a quite magnificent goal. I think with Rashford's performance tonight, he's really staked a great claim for himself. When he'd be one of those players, I think I'd have to start him on the grounds that he's a match winner. Across the face of goal, Sterling, no, yes, Stones, 4-0. England are running riot. Yanazai taking responsibility and curling one into the top left-hand corner. Well, that's a game-changer. England, be here now because the country is with you. It's Eric Dyer against David Espino. Eric Dyer wins the shootout. England have won a shootout. Ghosts are exercised. Resisted the temptation. In his head from Lingard. And powered into the net by Deli Alley. It's Kieran Trippier. Oh, it's in. What a start for England. So it's in. Croatia go 2-1 up with Mario Mandzukic. And that is that. 
The dream, I'm afraid, is over. Thiago whips it in towards the near post. It's in for two ones. A brilliant work set piece. It's Rodrigo that's got the goal. It's a draw away from home to the World Cup finalists on a night when England were the better side. Barkley chips it over the top. Kane tries to pull it back and Sterling puts it in for number three. And Wayne Rooney wearing ten gets the opportunity to come on. His international farewell and potentially his last ever game on English soil. Hit him by Ben Chilwell. Oh, it's found a way through. It is in. England score. They lead. They've made us smile again, they've made us happy again, they've made us look forward again, and they've made us care about the team again. It's been a fabulous year. Well done, England. I don't think I could say it much better than Mark Saggers did there yesterday, live on Talk Sport. Do you remember when England may have been on the box or live on your radio and you weren't that bothered? You didn't really care. You thought I'm a celebrity's on, I'll catch that instead. Maybe Strictly was taking your fancy on a Saturday night. I'll see what they're like with a Paso Doble. Well, now we want to watch Harry Kane. We want to watch Deli Alley. We certainly want to watch John Stones. I can't get enough of Joe Gomez. And I'm loving what Gareth Southgate's doing. A very good evening. Welcome to the show with me, your host, Dan Wendell. The Talk Sport 2 Live fans forum. With me, Billy Grant of Brentford Fans Tonight, and Dan Trelfer, Queen's Park Rangers supporter. So, boys... A very good evening. Good evening. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, boys. Thank you both for joining me. Um, Billy, you were at Wembley yesterday. Yes, indeed. A, a Wembley win to really savour, I suppose. It was, uh, to be quite honest. If you think about it, Croatia, you thought, oh, no, not them again. <laughs> you know, it's one of those ones where Croatia are a bit of a bogey team. Um, they're a good side. I mean, was it four million people? And they... they, 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 they I always actually, deliver something, always don't deliver. they? Yeah. I actually went to, and looking back at it, I just thought, you know, Croatia, Yugoslavia, you know, the old history. I actually went to the first ever Croatia match. France 98 it was. It was at Lens, and Croatia played Jamaica. I went over with a coach, 50 of us, Jamaica. Um, I used to live in Jamaica, you know, Jamaican heritage and stuff like that. So you got 50 of us and a coach went over there. Absolutely fantastic weekend against the Croatians who were a little bit shell-shocked because obviously they're in this red and white, you know, Shirts probably hear wearing. you coming from some way off as well. That's right, yeah. you know. So to to see where they've gone from there, yeah. which was their first World Cup, which they actually did quite well in. I think they got to the semis or the yeah. quarterfinals. They did really came, well. Came to now, forward, you know, to now to the, the World Cup final, which they did this time as well. You know, it's 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 it's, it's amazing. So they have been a real bogey side, and they they come up with some really great players. And we saw what they did in the summer. Um, but but England were, to be quite honest with you, you know, it, it, we should have we should have smashed them the park. To be honest yeah. with you, it, it yeah. was a, it was a wonderful afternoon of entertainment it was engaging it was everything you want when you watch England I suppose Dan and I look to the technical area and see Gareth Southgate a boss that has brought hope um, and but maybe more important than that Dan has he brought an identity back to our national team yeah I mean he definitely has I, I, I cannot really remember since I was a kid genuinely I don't think since I was a kid that I was as excited and kind of like we will ask you your enjoying. age. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, it's a long time. That's what I'm saying. But it, you know, since Bobby Robson, you know, in the eighties, when I used to, I, I remember looking at Bobby Robson when I was a kid, and I'd go, I love this man. I, I, I'm, I had so much respect and love for him. I remember being on Blue Peter and stuff, and just thinking, I, I just love him. I saw a little picture of him on my wall. I just thought, you know, he's the England manager. And then you think, you know, I loved Terry Venables in in the nineties, but you just think now, suddenly, for the first time in really a long time, you go. This is a team that I really enjoy watching. Southgate is this manager. He's 
he's passionate, but he's at the same time he's restrained. He's kind of tactic, tactically aware, but at the same time not you know not not too you know it's not too complicated. Um, and it and it was brilliant to watch yesterday. I mean, I really enjoyed you know really enjoyed the game. And suddenly I was jumping around my room and we scored, yeah. and I thought. I, this, I mean, it did happen at the World Cup, obviously, but before that, yeah. it hasn't happened for a long time. When you now watch England, Billy, what's the first couple of words that pops into your head? It's coming home. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Do you see it? Uh, is, is, is it that, that would be, I think, in the summer, there was a great, the, the kind of, we all got caught up in, in what was being delivered by the England side. And maybe part of it was, was tongue-in-cheek. Um, I don't know if... I think it was it, said something. It was tongue in cheek. Yeah, I think it was. I don't think there was a, a majority of people thought we would actually go and win the World Cup. But I now what I see this this England side, the progress being made, and we'll, we'll in more detail later on talk about this young, fresh, hungry generation that are coming through as well and and making their impression on the national side. And then you think, well, actually, for the next, I don't know, four certainly the next couple of years, four years moving forward, at Southgate uh, with this new deal in place to what at least 2020. It could, couldn't it? I think it definitely could because um, one thing you have to remember in the you know in the past you've got to remember the golden generation who were you know very good players. Um, they didn't get their chance for whatever reason. Also, we were quite unlucky in that in, in mm. those days as well. We missed lots of penalty shootouts. We had games which we probably should have won and we didn't win. You know, um, there's an argument to say that you know maybe you know and this is the reason why Gareth Southgate is the manager that he is. There were lots of cli- well, like, not, 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 not there might have been. And I know for a fact there were there lots of cliques within the dressing room. Mm. And, you know, uh, and so on and so forth. So the team was ne- wasn't necessarily as together as it should have been. But the fact is that England have actually had chances for doing really well. 1996, we got to the semi-finals. Uh, Germany, that, that, that competition was a fantastic competition. We smashed um, Holland 4-1, if you remember that one. You know, and everyone thought, oh, you know, here we go. And then also, we also had a penalty shootout, because obviously we're not the best at penalty shootouts, but we actually played Spain in that tournament, and we actually beat them in a penalty shootout. We thought, oh, my, the, you know, the, the penalty shootout thing is, is, is gone. But after that, we met Germany. It didn't quite happen. So England have had a chances for getting mm. further than they had to. Um, but this time, I think what's happened is that Southgate, um, the way that he's managed the team, but not only managed the team, but I think managed everything around him as well. He's managed the media, and I think he's managed probably the FA as well because he knows them. So he's kind of pulled back the expectation to a certain extent, and he's been able, because he was the under-21 under manager as well, he's been able to sort of kind of bring the players in that he wants to sort of kind of slowly mm-hmm. and in, a, in sort of quite a clever way, which doesn't put pressure on them. And people are thinking, oh, if he's bringing in, he's got to be the next yeah. big thing. Yeah. you know. And they've brought them into the side, and some of them will come in, and they've dipped out again and you know so I think he's done it in a really quite a clever way uh, I know we're going to talk about Wales later because they've done a sort of similar thing with the young players coming through which we'll talk about later but England are doing that slowly and now people are just expecting um, the side there's not a, there's still not a massive expectation I mean I don't think there is you know um, people aren't thinking oh this is like Germany we're going to have to go out and win something but there's almost like the side has been reborn the, the, there's, the a, there's a hope yeah, the crowd a bit. The crowd are into it. Yeah, and actually, it's actually quite good fun going to watch them as well. That's deal with Gareth Southgate. I should say, I said twenty twenty. It's twenty twenty two. The new deal that's in place for. So there's the next couple of big major tournaments. If things go to plan, Gareth Southgate leading this young group of England players into those tournaments. Is it coming home? Well, we'll cross our fingers. We hope. We have ambitions for that now. We start though because of what's happening in the Nations League, Dan. Hmm. Quite like this Nations League. Yeah, I mean, it's all right, I, isn't I, it? I was saying before, I, I, I still today I was still looking at right. How does it exactly work? And I spent about twenty-five minutes 
reading it. I still don't quite understand it. But yesterday, watching the game, I couldn't believe how much of a bigger fan I was because it, it was re- it was genuinely exciting when it was one all, especially. And you, and basically, it was in a situation where if it stayed one all, Spain went through. If England scored, England went through. If England, if Croatia scored, England would be relegated, but Croatia would go through. I mean, like, so oh, this is properly exciting now. Because, when it takes all, yeah. When it takes all football, exactly. And international friendlies are. You know, really dull. I, I, I genuinely, I don't really watch them anymore. I, I got quite fed up with them. Probably during the Sven years, I think, when there was a lot of substitutions and and he's, and and I think um, UEFA have done the right thing to try and make something more interesting. And that and certainly it worked yesterday. Nations League football. I think it's I think it's good. <laughs> You're gonna laugh because we we actually still. I mean, not we've only go to you know all the all the tournaments, all the England games, and we still sit down the bar and we're still trying to work out what it's about. So I think that's part of the sort of the pre-match routine. So, so exactly what happens even before the match on on on, on Sunday, everyone's going. So what happens up in this match? What happens if we win? What happens if we lose? It's still a little bit confusing and then complicated. And do you get a Euro a Euros place or do you not get a Euros place? And what happens if you don't do? But it doesn't really matter. What I do like the fact is that I think people. People have had uh, a lot of negativity around England, and sometimes they've had a lot of negativity for no real reason, um, not not any real reason. I mean, it's, everyone can have their own reasons. If they if they feel they want to be negative about it, they can do it. Sometimes they, I think they're negative about it just because they want to be negative. Yeah. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do. Uh, and so they'll play a match, and it's easier, you know, but I think it's easier to be negative. Yeah, they'll, they'll, like say for example, their last qualifying campaign, and there was a member. I mean, it was going to the match, and, and we were we were watching with people having a lot of negativity in England coming back, going, "Oh, this is terrible." this is rubbish and I'm thinking well it might be funny we've, we've won practically every single match on our qualifying campaign what else can one do you know and they're just saying oh, this is really terrible you know I don't want to watch England and I'm just sort of thinking it becomes really you know it, it's almost like you know we, we can't play Brazil or, or Germany or Argentina every week these are these are the games that we play and you got to do so I think that that started to rub off on this Champions League as well as, you know this, this sorry UEFA Nations League as well and people are quite negative about it it's like, oh no here we go again it's a load of nonsense but I think that slowly people have turned around to think actually mm. you know these games have been all right spain the spain game for example um over in spain i mean i was at spain for that um i mean i didn't expect it no one expected that to go and you know smash spain particularly in that first half three nil and everyone the proud was back and also the the, the fact that you're thinking England beating Spain on their own territory and don't say that this was just a friendly match because it wasn't a friendly mm. match. This was a competitive match. That really meant something. Talk Sport 2 Live, the fans forum. We'll continue our England chat next. We'll get into the performances that stood out in the weekend. Joe Gomez at centre-half. I also want to discuss the likes of Jaden Sancho, Harry Winks, Trent Alexander-Arnold and actually the person that pulled the strings yesterday, Fabian Delph. Talk Sport 2 Live. Forget the past. Get ready for a bright new future with BetBright, official bookmaker of TalkSport 2. It's time to harness the horse racing, be fanatical about the football, and believe in the boxing in the brightest way ever. Throughout the day, every day with BetBright, official bookmaker of TalkSport 2. New customers can deposit £20 and play with £40 because you'll get a £20 sportsbook bonus when you deposit £20. Five times wagering to release bonus. Minimum odds 1.8. 18plus begamblerware.org. It's time to shine this Christmas with an award-winning torch from Ledlenser. Better than Rudolph's big red nose for lighting up my sleigh. Brighter than a guiding star for showing you the way. Because a Ledlenser torch, as all wise folk have found, is the gift they want for Christmas and all the year round. Train up your torch or headlamp and ask for a precision German-engineered beauty from Ledlenser. Plus a whopping seven-year warranty. Find out more at ledlenser.com. Finding your perfect new home can be tough. 
So if you keep missing out, it's time to search out. There are thousands of new properties to buy or rent every month at onthemarket.com. 24 hours or more before they're on Rightmove or Zoopla. See them first. Set up a property alert today. Search on the market.com to find your perfect home. If you're in the market, search on the market.com. See on the market.com forward slash new and exclusive. Agents specify exclusivity. Nothing to see here. Just a regular retriever eating his food, doing his thing while you're out doing yours. Not raiding the bin. And no little surprises left on the floor. What a good boy. Nothing to see here means nothing to worry about. With the High View Smart Indoor Camera, check on your home from your phone, wherever you are, and join over 1 million people using Hive products. Search Hive to discover more. Hive. Let's get living. Hive services require broadband and Wi-Fi. Terms apply. Online and on DAB Digital Radio. TalkSport 2 Live. Stories tonight, TalkSport 2 Live, the fans are on Thanks Your Company. Bournemouth defender Adam Smith, we've been told, will not play again this year because of a knee injury. That's breaking news out of the Premier League club. A minute's silence will be held ahead of the Republic of Ireland's Nations League game with Denmark tonight, following the death of one of their fans. And a referee who was banned for using rock, paper, scissors instead of a coin toss has appealed against his three-week suspension. Get into that last headline a little later on. Interesting story, certainly is, that's uh, continuing to develop every day now. Billy the Bee and Dan, the Queen's Park Rangers fan, also with me. I'm your host, Dan Will. Thanks for your company tonight. We'll switch our folks to the EFL, 8 o'clock till 10. Adam Virgo and Ali Maxwell join me in studio. Right now, though, and rightly so, we dedicate some time to England's efforts over the weekend. And Billy, you were telling us just before we started, the flights are booked already. England, Portugal, Switzerland, and then the win. Then if the Netherlands draw against Germany tonight, it's going to be the Dutch that join us in the Nations League semi-finals. Flights booked, you're sorted, you're done. You're ready for it. It is sorted. It's quite funny because it's one of those ones where um, normally there's a bit of a military operation um, that goes on before the World Cup. So all, all my mates, there's loads of us, and we might sit down. Sound like a load of plane spotters here. But we sit down when the draw is going to be happening, and when the, when the, when, whenever the place is going to come, we'll actually sit there at the draw and we book our flights really, yeah. really early. So you'll end up getting flights for, you know, 50 quid, 60 quid, yeah. you know, before they've gone up to the price has gone really high. But for this one, even though, yes, they had a real good chance of doing it, not that many people were really plotted up. So in the final whistle, I don't know if you've ever been to Wembley with its Wi-Fi problems. Like, you know, I'm not going to mention who sponsors them, but whoever does yeah, sponsor yes. them, not, not great, you know, for the rest of us who are, aren't with your network is all I can say. Everyone's sitting there, you know, trying to get onto these various booking sites to try and get their flights and having a night because they actually can't get on. But I managed to get on, so I booked a, booked a load of hotels uh, or um, for, for, for us. And so while you were walking away from Wembley last night, you were on your phone booking flights and hotels for Portugal for right. next summer. Indeed, that's what we do. Love that. That's what we do, man. You know what I'm saying? You've got to be on the ball. And that's why you've probably got the best prices <laughs> as well. Right. Um, just referring to yesterday's win over Croatia, we've discussed it already, Dan, but Fabian Delph in the midfield, game of his life, yeah, had a fantastic. I thought he played well when he was captain the other night, yeah. actually, on Thursday as well. But then yesterday he had a great game, and he, he, he was um, unfortunately he did he did get taken off in the end, didn't he? he yeah, he did. did. Yeah, he was unfortunate to go off, but um, he, yeah, he was. I mean, as a, a ball, he played to Sterling in the first half it was just fantastic. Should have should have uh, ended up in a goal, and he is a good player, and it's it's a bit disappointing, isn't it, that he's not 
a regular. You can see why he's not a regular at Man City. But you'd like to see him playing a bit more club football because he's he's clearly a really good player. He was superb when he was at Villa. And if he could play more regularly, then maybe he'd make that spot in his own. I don't know. Let's hear from Delph now, who's going to talk sport to England reporter Nigel Adley after the win yesterday. I'm naturally a, a probably... I, I'm not quite sure what, what type of player I am, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm playing left-back at, at Man City with the, with the ability to come inside uh, and also the ability to stay wide. I've, I've played attacking midfield, defensive midfield, uh, so I feel like I, I can do myself justice playing in uh, whatever whatever role I'm asked to play in. Uh, but me personally, it's all about the team. I've always been that way, and if I can, if I can help the team to push forward, uh, then I'm, I'm going on happy. Fabian, honestly, it does not matter what kind of player you think you are. <laughs> if you carry on, Billy, delivering performances like that, he was outstanding, he wasn't was, he? He was absolutely fantastic as well. Like I said to you, captain, um, kept on Thursday night. Um, and it's interesting because I mean, don't forget he does play for Manchester City. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they are they're quite a you know quite quite a good sub. But coming back to that is talking about super sub. I mean, the fact is, talking about the manager, bringing it back to the manager again. Yes, Delph had a great game, but what did he decide to do on 73 minutes? He brings on Lingard, who scored the goal. Mm. So, uh, so there you go. So it's it's about having the man that can do certain things, and then just switching that up when the time is right. Joe Gomez's development, again in at centre-half alongside John Stones. He's been outstanding for Liverpool alongside Virgil van Dijk so far this season as well. Dan, quickly becoming, for me, one of the the finest centre-halves around. Yeah, I mean, I, I can remember the beginning of last season, I hadn't, I genuinely hadn't heard of it, heard, heard of him before. You know, I'm not a Liverpool fan, I hadn't really heard of him. Suddenly he's in the side and then, you know, 15 months later, it was really unlucky that he was injured. Otherwise, he, he, I'm sure he would have gone to the World mm-hmm. Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and now, suddenly he's, he's been moved into the centre. He can play as part of a back three as well. Um, and he was, yeah, he was excellent. He's big and strong. He's, he's got great, great touch. He's a great passer of the ball. And yeah, I mean, suddenly two, two players who are so comfortable on the ball at the centre of defence and are, are very good defenders as well. Which is important, but mm. sometimes forgotten about. I suppose yeah. when you're part of a, a modern back four where defenders so much more is expected of them than just kick it, edit. That's, Joe Gomez ticks a lot of the right boxes. He, he does. I remember him actually he played for us, and I'm again thinking Gomez, Gomez, Gomez. And I remember now, yeah, he played for he played against us. Um, well, he played for Charlton. Mm. Yeah, he played for Charlton, and I think he came out of their he came out of their academy, right? And he was one of the one of the players that came out of the academy from Charlton. Good good player, but he didn't actually play that many games for for Charlton. And then he went to Liverpool. And you're sort of thinking, you know, you've only played like you know you know 20 plus games, and you've gone to Liverpool. Why are you going to go there for? You should be playing more games in the the Championship and building yourself. But be, to be fair to Liverpool, they're obviously looking at these players, taking them into the side, and willing to put them in. You know, developing them, willing to put them in. And I remember my Charlton mate. I remember he's you know disgruntled Charlton friend. You know, uh, rather disgruntled. And he just sort of sent us a note, um, probably about, you know, probably after the the, the England games in, in September, going, yeah, and how much did we get for Gomez? Like, you know, this is really unfair. So, you know, he's sort of looking back on it, thinking that they should have got much more of a, a greater fee for him. But he's a great player. He really is. Also, discuss because you can see the future, can't you? Jaden Sancho. I wish he'd found a way. And can we play twelve? Once yeah, a year, can yeah. you play 12 players and just play Jaden Sancho wide right on top? Well, it depends back. who's a referee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Jaden Sancho, Ben Chilwell, come in and be excellent at left back. Harry Winks, the few, still few and far between times we've seen him in the England midfield, but every time we have seen him with the three lines on his chest, he's really done well on the ball, especially in Trent Alexander-Arnold, who easily could have operated at right back. Many wanted him to operate at right back. Damn. 
against mm. Croatia yesterday. That's the future. You can see. You can see the yeah. pathway. It's, incre- it's incredible that the the options he's got. But that's because that's partly because Southgate worked with the under twenty one, so he knows these players so well. It's also partly because he's willing to put them in. I mean, a lot of managers in the past would not have got Sancho in that side already, but he's he's now confident and he's in a position of strength because he's doing such a good job where he can bring these players in and and uh, mix them into the squad. It's working. And I think the important thing is what you said that you know you're talking about these these players who you know. I mean, Trent, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, he didn't, didn't play, OK? You know, OK, played against the USA, scored against the USA as well, but he didn't play. Now, what's happened is that it's strength of depth. And I know it's, a ter- mm. it's, it's such a, a term that they use within football, you know, but it is really, really important. You, ha- you have a great, some teams have got really great first teams, but if anything goes horribly wrong with one or two of their players, then all of a sudden they're very much weakened. But with us, we see we've got this young dynamic, exciting side of coming through. We're actually adding to England's strength of depth, which I think is really important for, for the future. I think what is working excellent for Jadon Sancho is that he's not playing here, that he's playing uh, regularly in the Bundesliga, awarded recently the Bundesliga Player of the Month award. Um, he's not here. He hasn't got 1,000 eyes peering, piercing into the back of his head either. He's just there enjoying himself, playing regularly, building his confidence. And then we can then, we're profiting, we're benefiting the national side from that. Yeah, and, and, and I hope that some more of our players will maybe go and play abroad because we, we were talking, um, just mentioned earlier, that um, the Spain side of 2008, when they started, when Spain started to become that brilliant side they were for so many years, there was lots of reasons for it. One of the reasons was that some of the players started leaving Spain and coming and playing in England and playing in Italy and playing in Germany, more than they had in the past. And I think one of the issues with the England side has been that not enough of our players have gone and tried to play abroad mm. and it's really encouraging that players like Sancho and Lukman's in um, uh, Germany as well they're going to be getting a real education there and a different sort of education which really helps I mean Sancho's I mean he's so excited you know what's I mean. more likely to happen is that Jaden Sancho will be probably <sighs> bids of up to 60 50 60 million yeah. pounds from Premier League big clubs trying to want him to lure him back that's that's what where this could possibly go more likely will go because he is exciting he is catching attention he is, and I mean, and the question is, should he? Because you know, he seems to be doing all right where he is at the moment now, and almost like, as you said, from him being away from the limelight of England at the moment now, he can go and do what he needs to do and probably develop his game. You know, in in a league where they've got huge crowds, they're doing very, you know, they're doing well. He's playing good football, and you know, coming back to your point, you're saying about you know, we should have more players going over to to to, to Europe. Um, you know, talking to some of the, you know, even the football coaches and people in football, they say that this is a, 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 a bit of a problem. Mm. You know, we've got lots of players that come over here. Everyone wants to play here because of the money, because of the esteem. But, you know, not as many English players necessarily want to go and play in Europe where they can actually forge themselves a really, really good career. Um, and I, I, for me, I think that's, that's, that's a bit of a it's a bit of a shame. But, you know, something can be worked out. If you look at this whole system that we've got where you've got teams like Chelsea, and I'm not picking on Chelsea as such, but I have to use them, who kind of hoard players have got this academy system. Yeah, yeah. And, yes, it works for them because, yes, they sell them and they money. But, you know, you've got players who have been to seven, eight, nine, ten clubs. And it, they're caught in a system where they've been paid so yeah. much money, they don't necessarily want to go anywhere else. Well, but- FIFA will soon be limiting the amount of loans that clubs can make out of it. So it, it is probably going to affect the way a Chelsea look to do business now and I don't think they will be able to hoard you're right you know academies and loan departments of 40 50 players plus and that does have to be looked at I do want to ask we are running out of time plenty to get into on the fans forum tonight um did Sam Allardyce former England boss um West Ham boss on TalkSport this morning saying that the the lack of 
goals from open play, that source, does still concern him. It was two goals in the last 15 minutes that secured England's win yesterday, sparked those scenes at Wembley, those brilliant scenes. I mean, I still, at times when I watch England, even yesterday, feel that, can we open up sides more regularly? Do we still, at times, lack a a little creativity potentially coming from the middle of the pitch, from the midfield? Where do you stand on that? You can say potentially, you know, you can say potentially yes, but the flip side argument to that is that, first of all, you've you've got to start winning games. You've still got to start getting that positivity. Then you can build it from there. You know, everyone's sort of trying to be this sort of doctor, trying to sort of fix everything all at once. And it's easy for Sam today. I mean, don't forget, he was England manager. We should move on. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? So... At the end of the day, yes, you could talk about the creativity, scoring goals, but at the end of the day, it's interesting, you know, you talk about Harry Kane being the best striker in the world. I think it was Gareth Southgate yeah. that said that. I think he was the best striker in the World Cup, which I think is fair enough. Like, he could put goal, he could put balls into the back of the net. He's, he, he's a great player. You feed him and he'll put balls in the back of the net. I don't have any problem with the way that England are developing at the moment because I think that the way the team is going... We will be getting there. We've got some exciting players. You're talking about some great players we've got coming through. I don't think it's a problem. Yeah, no, I don't think it is. And you've got to remember that, OK, on Saturday, uh, sorry, Sunday, there were there were two from uh, set pieces. But Spain, all three were from open play. And since and we scored a lot of from set pieces at the World Cup. But since then, I think it's something like eight or nine out of the 12 have been from open play. So I'm not... We, we created a lot of chances. I mean, it was less... For me, yesterday was less about creating chances than about putting them away. Yeah. It does. It did make me chuckle when I heard it this morning. I think mm. Sam Allardyce's England. Yeah, exactly. What yeah. would that have been like? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, next up, Talk Sport 2 Live, the fans forum. We'll turn our focus to Scotland. They were very good Saturday nights in Albania. Online and on DAB Digital Radio. Talk Sport 2 Live. From Plymouth Argyle to Carlisle United, when it comes to the EFL, Talk Sport's got the whole country covered. And it's live only here, the home of the EFL. With full commentary of 125 exclusive EFL fixtures across the season, you won't miss a kick of the oldest football league competition in the world. The world-class finish! Hear live and exclusive commentary of specially selected English football league matches throughout the season on Talk Sport and Talk Sport 2 with Screwfix. For the latest offers, visit your local store or screwfix.com. Here when you need us. Finding your perfect new home can be tough. So if you keep missing out... It's time to search out... There are thousands of new properties to buy or rent every month at onthemarket.com. 24 hours or more before they're on Rightmove or Zoopla. See them first. Set up a property alert today. Onthemarket.com to find your perfect home. If you're in the market, search onthemarket.com. See onthemarket.com forward slash new and exclusive. Agents specify exclusivity. If you're a trying to get the new star player to your love life, try talksportsingles.com. It's the dating app where there's no about. Just give us some of your own stats, then us find an interesting match for you. What are you waiting for? Sign up right now at talksportsingles.com and Chelsea. who's in your area? It could be the best tactical move you Everton. make. Talksportsingles.com. A result, no matter what team you support. A tale of good and evil. A warrior queen and her aging father fighting the army of the dead on level seven. Oh, great. The internet. Really? Right now? There's never a good time for an internet disaster. But with BT+, Plus, let us know when we'll send you an unlimited 4G mini-hub straight away to get you back in the game. BT. Be there. 
BT Plus, 80% UK availability. TalkSport 2 Live. Talksport 2 Live fans, for and Billy the Bee and down the Queen's Park Rangers fan with me tonight. I'm your host, Dan Riddle. Thank you for your company. Top stories, this just breaking in the last few moments. It's been confirmed the EFL has formally approved a five-year, £595 million deal with Sky Sports for its domestic TV rights. It's very interesting with reports over the last couple of weeks that a number of championship clubs were threatening to walk away, break away from the championship if their demands were not met over a better deal. We'll get into that in a little more detail in a bit. The Wolfsbender, Johnny Otto, is uh, set to be sidelined for up to six weeks after suffering a knee injury. That's coming through to us as well. And West Ham have reached an agreement with their landlord to increase capacity at the London Stadium up to 66,000 from 57,000. Terrific work by Christie. Fraser now in the box. On his way to the bench, run in! It's a wonderful goal from Ryan Fraser! And it's going to be Armstrong who hits the wall. Hills And it is a penalty kick that's been given. The weight of the shoulders then on Stephen Fletcher from 12 yards against Bonisha. And he buries it into the corner! Now a chance to run through here for Forrest with a finish, is it? Carved into the net by the keeper! Wonderful finish by Forrest. Nothing Bonisha could do about it. Cuts that back across the Forrest. Lovely first touch! Oh, my word! It's absolutely stunning from James Forrest. What a goal for Scotland, who lead by four goals to nil. The confidence is very high for the players. I can tell, I can feel it, I can see it in the eyes. Um, we know that we have home advantage and a very good opportunity to do this. And these players can do this. They dismantled Albania on Saturday night, Scotland, played with a real freedom. It's now a winner-takes-all at Hamden, decider tomorrow night against Israel. Promotion to the uh, Tier B of the Nations League, potential, a real possibility for Scotland. Let's talk now with Scotland fan Dave Edgar, joins us, Hearts fan as well, from the Hand Rangers podcast. Uh, Dave, very good evening, mate. How are you? Hi, sorry, I'm a Rangers fan, and the oh, podcast is called Heart and Hand. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Don't so, worry about it. Yeah. Uh, it was Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. That makes more sense. I can't read my yeah. my own writing, mate. Apologies. Um, no problem. Real positive results and performance, Dave, I thought, on Saturday night. We covered it on yeah. TalkSport 2. Uh, Ryan Fraser, James Forrest, Ryan Christie, Stephen Fletcher. He came back in. You had a real threat, didn't you? We did. And uh, what was bizarre is that this is a Scotland squad that was decimated by injury costs. It got really, really bad. I mean, I was actually named as a substitute on Saturday <laughs> night, um, but couldn't couldn't make it there in time. It got really bad. But it almost, sometimes I think when your back's right up against the wall, can breed that sense of camaraderie. And that was the first time in a long time that Scotland played like a team, as opposed to a bunch of individuals who didn't have a lot of confidence, didn't have a plan. It was almost like it brought them closer together. Now, on top of that, Albania did have a man sent off after 20 minutes, and and you have to take that into account. But you still have to then go and win it, because the way Scotland had performed in previous matches, you might have thought that going down to 10 men, they would have went, oh goodness, if we lose this now. Uh, That has been the mentality before, whereas instead they play with a lot of verve, a lot of confidence, 
and some of the football was superb. James Forrest's fourth goal was was world class and the type of thing that only happens when you're playing with a bit of confidence. What's important now, Dan, though, is they've got to take it on. Scotland have had far too often in the last few years a, a brief resurgence like this and you think, right, great, build on it and then the first sign of trouble, it falls apart again. They've got to show that mental strength mm. on Tuesday night because otherwise the game's all for naught. Oh, they're all just go again, those that, that featured on Saturday in Skoda, won't they? You'd imagine, Dave, it will pick the same line-up and ask for for an awful lot. Because the win, you're right, did come almost in the nick of time for Alex McLeish. But oh, yeah. He was in a fiery mood post-match, ready for the fight against Israel Tuesday night. They're really up for this one. Yeah, they should be, because the way this Nation League works is that you get opportunities that you maybe wouldn't have had in normal qualifying cycles. And for Scotland to, let's not forget, in Israel was an abysmal performance. It, it was two going on about ten that evening. Alan McGregor saved, saved Scotland repeatedly. But Alex McLeish, I think, has been in an unfortunate position. He inherited a team that had been underperforming. That's why the job was available. But he was sort of seen as the, the best of a bad bunch of options and nobody was that excited when he got the job. So when it didn't go well, he didn't have that bank of goodwill that you maybe sometimes get with a new boss. So he's done really well to to survive that. There's been an awful lot of pressure on him. I would like to think that the guys who did the job on Saturday night have now got the shots and they should need to lose them. I don't think anybody should be expecting just to swan back in. We've had that the last couple of years where people have been able to pick and choose which games they play. I don't think that does a lot for the squad Um unless it's a truly exceptional player. And Scotland, unfortunately, don't really have anyone at the moment. You need to foster this collective spirit. If you look at what Northern Ireland have achieved, and to a lesser extent Wales, because although they've achieved more, they do have a world-class player, but it's because the team has come together Mm. and everybody knows their job and everyone... You could argue England. I mean, this is probably the least star-studded England team in a number of generations, but it's the most successful because nobody puts themselves above the cause. Everybody gives it... 110%, 110%, they know what they're there to do. On Saturday night, Scotland demonstrated that, Dan, for the first time in, in far too long, and they played for each other. Um, and that's all that the, the people up here want. We understand we don't have Dalglish and Sunnis and players of that quality anymore, but we do look around at other nations who appear to be better organised, harder working, and think we should be able to match yeah. that. But, I mean, Dave, you're not naive, though, and I know you'll be continuing uh, Scotland fans looking big picture. The nine withdrawals... Uh, from the squad heading into these international games against Albania and then Israel at Hamden tomorrow evening. He's still choosing not to include Lee Griffiths, stating that his fitness isn't quite up to scratch to have him involved. Tom Kearney as as well. Do you still have to question the the, the harmony amongst the group? Well, not the current group, the the ones who are left over. But look, you don't get nine call-offs if everything's going smoothly, do you? It's, it's amazing that, isn't it? When a team's playing well, mm-hmm. the call-offs seem, seem to get really low. And when a team's getting criticised, they seem to go up. Yeah, you're absolutely correct there. I, I think if people don't want to be in the national team, you should remember that when you're selecting future national teams. I don't think anyone should have a divine right just to come back in when they're fit. Um, Darren Fletcher and, and Gordon Strachan were covering the match uh, last month on television, and both of them alluded to the fact that they didn't believe that Scotland had suffered so many genuine call-offs. Now, they, they're professionals. They know more about it than I ever will. 
And that was a bit dispiriting to hear. So in a way, that almost helps the bond between the guys who did show up for duty on Saturday night and the fans. We appreciate that a few of them could have went, no, I don't fancy it. Albania, it's not the most glamorous trip really, is it? But they didn't. They turned up and they gave it everything. And that's all we're asking for. We understand where we are in world football at the moment. It didn't. We didn't get there overnight. It took a few years to sink to this level. It'll take a few years to get back up. But just give it everything once you pull on the shirt. I don't think that's too much to ask. Dave, hi, it's Billy here. How you doing? How you doing, Billy? I'm all good, mate. How you doing? I'm, I'm not bad. And yourself, you must be quite excited for uh, for the match. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I think after what happened in Israel, to to think that it could turn around so quickly did seem a bit far-fetched because Scotland, it was a real poverty of performance that night. But all you can, I think, hope for in sport is the chance to atone. Mm. And they've been given that really quickly. No one will will remember what happened in Israel if they turn up tomorrow night and get the result. Dave, will the place be packed out, Dave, do you think? think No, it won't. No? No, no. it, again, this is part of a lot. Uh, there's a lot of factors in Scotland at the moment to do with politics, club football, society in general, and there's a, a division within the the national team support. I think a lot of people as well have given up on the national team, and it took years for them to do that. It was a strong commitment to break, and when that happens. They might come back, but it'll take a wee while because, the, you know, the, the, they hold off on that decision for so long and say, no, right, I'm just one more time. And then eventually think, no, I can't do it anymore. So not tomorrow night. They, if they were to turn it round and get a good performance tomorrow night, you'll see it in the next fixture. And then if it was to go well, you'll see it in the next fixture. It's about getting the trust back, if you like. They've just been let down too many times. So I think that they'd be doing well if they got a crowd of uh, they'll get a few more thousand on it than than would have before Saturday but it won't be a seller it's going to take a wee while again before it gets back to that but what I will say is the the last few qualifying campaigns where Scotland have have gone on decent bouts of performance it it changes you know people start to come back and they start to get behind the, the national team again but there are a lot of factors that play up here at the moment and people use the national team as a symbol or something and other people, you know, try to claim it as something it isn't. And because of that, it can be more of a talking point than maybe you would, you would think in, in normal nations. Uh, and Scotland is certainly not that. Dave, just just, just, just quickly, just one, one quick point here as well, because I'm one of the probably the few England fans that actually want Scotland to do quite well, because I like to have the home nations in Wales, Scotland, Ireland in a tournament. It's fantastic. I was there in 98 when Scotland were there. The last time that you were there, loads of us Scotland mm-hmm. fans. Good laugh, I have to say. The question I have to ask you, though, because you were talking about the, the stage not being full, um, since Hampton was developed in 1999... Five yeah. World Cups and five Euros, and you haven't actually made the final since then. You know what I'm saying? The last one is France 98. So the question is, do you think maybe you just need to ditch Hamden and go and play somewhere else? I've said for a long time that if you look at countries like Spain, what they do, and it's been a long time since they, they had a, a qualifying struggle, but if they've got a really big match against an opponent, they take it to places like Seville, you know, where the crowd are, are really up for it, and it's a packed house. I think that if you're only going to get twenty, thirty thousand for a game, take it to a stadium somewhere else in the country. Yeah, take it to Easter Road or Pinecastle or whatever. Fill it out. Give people a chance who maybe don't normally get to go because of travel. I don't think that does any harm at all. And give yourself the best uh, chance of qualifying. It won't happen, though, because of the deal the SFA are in with Hamden. 
Well, they have to play a certain amount of games to generate the amount of income that they need. Yep. But I think as well, just what we need with Scotland is an identity of, of, of how to play. Again, I'll go back to Northern Ireland. You mentioned them. They've overachieved in recent years. I would say that Scotland have better players than Northern Ireland. I don't think that's controversial, you know, in terms of a squad. But with no style of play, everything chops and changes. Whereas now you look at the team, there's some good young players, guys like Ryan Fraser, who's having a tremendous season in the Premier League. They're the guys to build the team round, you know, and just say, right, we're going to play like this. And some nights it won't work out, but we're going to stick to this because we believe in it. And I think if we do that, then you've got a chance of getting to getting to the Euros. It was a huge blow not to get to the last one because, uh, my goodness, it seemed that... Uh, you know, everybody, including Gibraltar and Guernsey, had made it, and uh, we were sitting watching Dave, TV, so not great. We've run out of time, mate, but great to hear Thank from you. you. Thank you, mate, for joining us tonight. Also, go check Thanks out the Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. Dave, the Rangers fan, joining us tonight. Talk Sport 2 Live, the fans forum. Next up, short little trip to Wales. We, of course, fell just short of Nations League promotion this past weekend. Online and on DAB Digital Radio. Talk Sport 2 Live. It's mental. They're giving away free fivers. But how? Grab a copy of The Sun, enter 28 unique codes with Sun Savers and get a fiver back. What? A free fiver? Seriously? Keep it down. Return to watch the film. Sorry, mate. And yeah, a free fiver. Cash. Pick up The Sun and get free fivers with Sun Savers. Yes, really? Have you been injured in a road traffic accident, an accident at work or an accident anywhere? It's your right to claim. You could be entitled to thousands of pounds in compensation. Harris Fowler, a specialist, personal injury solicitors, with a 96.9% success rate, offering no win, no fee. Call 0800 213 214 to find out if you have a claim. 0800 213 214. Harris Fowler, the personal injury solicitors. Win rate based on cases issued and finished between the 1st of January and the 31st of December 2017. A good summer, finally. When your kids go to bed, oh, finally. Making a profit, finally. A business bank doing something different, finally. Like giving cash back on your business account. Introducing the new Santander 123 Business Current Account. Finally, a proper reason to switch. Cash back up to £300 annually on credit turnover. Monthly fee £12.50. For UK-based companies with up to two directors, owners or partners. 18 plus T's and C's apply. At DFS, autumn winter collection sofas are up to half price and many are guaranteed to be delivered before Christmas. Better be quick though, selected sofas end soon. DFS. This is the sound of the Walker's wedding in Oxford. Only a bouquet's throw away from a Holiday Inn hotel. What are you doing this weekend? It all begins at HolidayInn.com. Online and on DAB Digital Radio. TalkSport 2 Live. To live fans forum, thanks for your company with me, host Dan Windle. Top stories being confirmed in the last hour. The EFL has formally approved a five-year, £595 million deal with Sky Sports for its domestic TV rights. More on that at 7 o'clock.
this evening on the Fans Forum. Born defender Adam Smith, we've been told, will not play again this year because of a knee injury suffered at Newcastle a couple of weeks ago. And five-time world champion Raymond van Barneveld will quit darts at the end of 2019, saying he's lost the drive, fitness and motivation to succeed. You're always disappointed when you lose, but um, I'm proud of the players. It wasn't to be. And we're disappointed that the players are disappointed, but um, I told them that you know, they should be proud of themselves and um, we'll learn from this game more, definitely. We had a few headers just go past the post and also you know, a couple of injuries, so things didn't go our way. Um, but you know, we were still in, in the game until the end. Defeats against Denmark at the weekend meant Wales just missing out then on Nations League promotion. Very attacking lineup from Ryan Geek, just falling short in the end of the Cardiff City stage. And it's discussed it in more detail. Progress that's being made as well. Ben Price, so a Cardiff fan with the Cardiff City podcast. Ben, very good evening, mate. How are you? Hi, how's it going? Really good. Cheers yourself? Yeah, very well, thank you, mate. The character of the group, the desire of the group, despite the result, that must have been spot on what you saw the other night. It is. It's really encouraging to see. There's um, a feel-good factor still that's carried on. We missed out on qualification for the World Cup, but there's still a buzz from the Euros. I know we keep harping on about it, but there's a real momentum building there. So it's um, good to see with these youngsters coming through. You just look for progress. You just want progress, don't you? You are seeing that, aren't you? It's always, it's, you can't ignore it. Yeah, it's not always about... It sounds weird in a competitive fixture, but... Um, it wasn't so much about getting the result. Yes, winning the group would have been nice to go up into the top tier, but when you see the performance, and there was mistakes, there was stuff that was wrong, and there was stuff that Ryan Giggs, I don't think, quite got right, but there was also a lot of good things to take out of it. You look at people like Amplitude coming on and not taking any nonsense from the treatment he was getting from the from the Denmark players. You look at players like uh, Roberts and Brooks coming through, Tom Lawrence still, it's real encouragement there. It's not. It's nice to see it's not just reliant on Gareth Bale anymore, although it helps having him in the side. Yeah. I mean, I've been really impressed, Ben, with Ethan Ampadu, David Brooks, Tom Lawrence, Tyler Roberts. They've taken to the international stage like a duck to water, haven't they? It's mad. You look, Ampadu is the main one the Wales fans are really thinking, right, there is something special here. He plays like... I, I just don't understand how he's 18. He seems more mature than me, and I'm 10 years older than him. It's mad. It's just how that... how well tuned up he is for someone that's not made really many senior appearances at the top level he's played a while played a fair bit for Exeter but not really done a lot for Chelsea to take to international football this well and then you look at Brooks you look at Roberts playing reg regular football helps and they're just stepping up when it comes to the international level as well you know you've got a good player Billy I think when um, England fans say oh He's quite like him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Ethan Ampertu, for me, I, I, hello, Ben, this is Billy, Billy from Bissotted. How are you doing, mate? Hi, Billy. And I'm yeah. by myself, sir. Yeah, I'm not bad, mate. You've left us, but you know, that's fine. I'll forgive you. But um, Ethan Ampertu, great, great player. I remember he actually played, he made his debut against us in the League Cup. Um, Brentford played Exeter. We went down to Exeter, as you do on a Tuesday night. I remember us playing them, and we thought, oh, Exeter, we'll, we'll smash them off the park. And this little kid came on, 15 years old, I remember him, and he absolutely ran the show. He had our 
forwards in the, in the pocket, as they say, and uh, they beat us 1-0. And afterwards, we went back from that game and everyone was raving, sort of, the fact we've, we've seen this young kid. He's going to be brilliant. He's going to be fantastic. And the, the, the thought was at the time that he was going to sign for Arsenal because his dad, Kwame Empadou, who used to also play in the lower leagues, um, he was a, I think he was a scout or coach at Arsenal, so he thought he'd go there. But no, he ended up going to Chelsea, which is probably a bit of a young move, bad move, because he'll end up being, uh, as we talked about earlier, he'll be part of the system where they'll have 5,000 yeah. players who are just uh, being farmed. <laughs> Ben, do you think it was a, a cheap shot on Ethan? Yeah, it was. Um, it was a young to rough him up a bit. It was just trying to kill the game a bit. I don't think they were expecting the reaction. I think they could have tried it on a different player, and they could have tried it on someone, even someone like Ramsey, and they wouldn't have got that reaction. I don't think they were expecting thirty seconds later for this eighteen-year-old lad to come and lamp him straight back, which was. This commentator is always like, "Oh, we don't like seeing those scenes in football." Now we do. We love that. That's exactly <laughs> what you want to see. Expectation growing all the time. We're just talking off there, off air there about. I think people now looking at this Wales side and the progress of Ryan Giggs in charge of it as well. You can no longer be under the radar if you were in the first place. Maybe that's me being unfair, but the expectation on this team now is growing. Now that's pleasing for you, but at the same time, you've now then got to deal with it, haven't you? Yeah, but that's part of taking the step up. We've gone from the plucky underdogs. We saw. Um, with the with the World Cup qualification campaign, some teams take us out quite quickly. It's not a case of we weren't the underdog anymore. We were the people that teams wanted to go up against. Teams wanted to try and get a result against. They were putting ten men back behind the ball at times to stop bail and stop the players and stop the counter attacks. That where we really thrived. It's now up to the players to show the maturity and adapt to being more of a well known a well known threat. It's how. And that's part of Ryan Giggs' job as well. And it's not an easy job for a bloke that was a part-time was uh, assistant, assistant manager for a couple of years and managed United for a couple of games to come into international football and see how he gets the best out of that when teams are figuring them out straight away. I mean, Rob, I mean, I've, I've got to say with, with Ryan Giggs, I mean, I'm, I'm being really impressed with the fact that, I mean, for me, I love when I'm with managers actually... Uh, take a take a risk on youth. We we're talking about um, Southgate as well. He's done the same thing. But you know, Ryan Giggs. To be fair, him and the scouting system. He's been. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. The fact that he's got these players and he's managed to get them first team games and first team games which are competitive, which mean that no one can, no other country can nab them as well. Like you know, like Empadu. Um, you know, like I said, you've just called up. Is it Rappi Matondo from Manchester City as well? You know, you've got yeah. Ben Woodburn, Liverpool player again. I see. I saw him play for the academy when they came down to Brentford at that time. He's a great little player, but. You know, he hasn't quite stepped the grade up at Sheffield United, but, you know, still he's in there as well. Also, you've got Chris Mepham, who is uh, one of our central defenders. He's played not even, not even 50 games. For us, he's an absolutely brilliant player, sort of calm, calm, old head on young shoulders. And when he went and played for Wales and then next minute he was rooming with Bale. And now he's he seems like he's, he's your first one of your first calls at centre-back. Is that right? It's a shame he's... Um had a couple of knocks the last two uh, international wonder breaks. Um, we've had Ashley, Ashley Williams has been a servant to Wales. He's been absolutely outstanding, but he's not quite at the level he was. He's getting on a bit. It's nice to now know that we've got someone to come alongside Chester and sort of slot into that. There's a natural success to Williams when he eventually does uh, retire from international football and get up to captaincy. Uh, Methan's been, when I've seen Ashley outstanding, he really has. I mean, he's, he's he's a great player as well, and also you've got like Harry Wilson, that you know the, the well the Liverpool player who plays for Derby as well. Mm. You know, so you've got all these players that you know, in a way you're sort of saying that you've stepped up the grade. 
you know, and people are expecting you to be. But on, but on the other hand, um, you've still got these young players, and I think that there's not that much, not as much pressure on you because you've still got a lot of time to build and to grow you, and bring these players in and, and just do what you have to do. It's, it's, there's probably less pressure on you than there is on England anyway. Yeah, but I think that's also, you look at the pressure you get from the press. Um, it seems for the last, however, however long I've been a football fan of England, the press spent three years building up England to spend one year destroying them whereas the Welsh the Welsh press are, they want to get behind the boys they want to get behind the team there's such a feel good factor it helps that when it's not just a case of uh, bringing the, the youngsters in so other countries can't nab them it's a bonus but it helps part of why the Euro squad succeeded so well was they came in from a young age John Toshak brought them in got them in and around the squad from a very young age so this is it's, it's like a club team at international level. There's a harmony there. You've got players that, even when they're not fit and can't be in the squad, travelling to the Vale, where Wales train, getting around with the boys. Um, there was cases just before the Euros where they had to send some of the players away because they were coming. They were reporting for international duty two days too early just so they could be around each other. It's a bond that, um, obviously, through what the lads current crop went through with Gary Speed, helps but there's a bond being connected that carries straight through from when you come in as a youngster this is what's expected of you this is you're going to be treated the same and it's just it's like a team spirit at international level it's it's quite unique there's not many teams that have that ben appreciate your company mate thank you very much already focus turning to qualification for the euros in 2020 now what is next on the plate for Ryan Giggs. That all starts, well, you could say from tomorrow night. Friendly against Albania. It's a live commentary here on TalkSport 2. I'll build up. I'll be hosting Matt Scott alongside me, the football journalist, from 6pm tomorrow evening. Really good to hear from Ben there. Feel good factor coming out of the Welsh national team. Another hour of the TalkSport 2 live fans forum to come. First and foremost, we're going to react to the breaking news in the last hour. The EFL has today formally concluded a deal with Sky Sports for its domestic broadcasting rights following a meeting of the EFL board. We'll get into it in more detail with a couple of EFL fans next. TalkSport 2 live. We've got it at Selco. Black Friday offers are now on at Selco Builders Warehouse. In our £2 million clearance event, it's a great time to pick up a fantastic deal on hundreds of products. Like 30% off a range of Yale and Union lots. The Selco Builders Warehouse Black Friday event ends Monday the 26th of November. Find your nearest store and more information at selcobw.com. We've got it at Selco. Selco, it's where the train goes. Had your eye on something special? This week at John Lewis & Partners, we've got Black Friday offers across the store, including 20% off selected home and furniture, 17% off selected fragrances, and offers on your favourite electrical brands. Plus, we match the prices of our high street competitors, so there's no need to shop around. Terms apply. See in store or online for details of our price promise. Did you get the veg? Yes. Tell me you got the veg. I got the veg. Broccoli? Yes, I got the veg. Tomatoes? Technically a fruit. Drinks? Yes. Pizzas, cheeses, sauces, you get all that? Yes. Will it fit in the fridge? Yes. Well, go on then. <laughs> Samsung RS8000 is the big fridge for the big shop. Search RS8000 from Samsung. 
Winners of the 2018 Which Large Home Appliance Brand of the Year Award. Landlords, Direct Line guarantees to be other insurers' renewal premiums for the same cover. Can your insurance do that? Switch to Direct Line Landlord. New customers only, qualifying criteria apply. Underwritten by UK Insurance Limited. This is the sound of waiting in for your British gas engineer from the corner shop. Introducing our new engineer tracker. Because it's nice to know if you can pop out for milk, we're with you. All part of British Gas Home Care Boiler Cover from £12 a month. That's just 40p a day. And now, enjoy one month free this winter when you buy selected home care products online by the 19th of November. Search British Gas Home Care. Conditions apply. Online and on DAB Digital Radio. TalkSport 2 Live. Right into the EFL from 8 o'clock tonight, 8 till 10, our focus switching to the Football League, Talk Sport 2 Live. Thanks for your company with me, your host, Dan Windle. Before that, another hour of the Fans Forum. Our top stories this evening, breaking news in the last hour. The EFL has announced that it's formally agreed to a five-year domestic broadcasting deal with Sky Sports worth £595 million starting from next season. Elsewhere, a minute silence will be held ahead of the Republic of Ireland's National League game with Denmark tonight following the death of one of their fans. And England head coach Eddie Jones has dropped Danny Kerr and Zach Mercer from the 28-man squad who will face up against Australia on Saturday. Yeah, that Nations League game against Denmark, Republic of Ireland. We'll keep our, a close eye on the latest in that game. A minute silence to be held ahead of it following the death of one of their fans. Big news in the last hour, though, because of what we've been reading over the last couple of weeks and a thread of uh, a breakout. Uh, a number of clubs, up to 15 championship clubs, reportedly threatening to walk away from the championship as they attempted to get the EFL board to back out of a new five-year Sky Sports deal. But being confirmed today, deal done for its domestic rights following a meeting of the EFL board. The new agreement, Sky Sports, in each season from 2019 and 2020 will broadcast 138 Skybet EFL League matches, the 15 playoff matches in the divisions as well, 50 matches from the Carabao Cup, including the final, the semi-final and final of the Checker Trade Trophy as well, the new deal represents a 35% increase on the current arrangement, we're told. We'll continue to see Sky Sports broadcast live uh, across those competitions until May 2024. There's some comments by the EFL interim chair, Debbie Jevons, uh, that are quite interesting, concluding these negotiations have indeed been challenging, as is the case. We're managing a diverse group of stakeholders and the board took on board the comments and frustrations voiced by a number of clubs and has committed to reviewing the way the league engages with its clubs to ensure that we move forward in a collaborative way in the future. Very interesting, that line from Debbie Jevons there. Got Dan, Queen's Park Rangers fan, Billy the Bee, of course, from the Solid podcast. Well, Brentford fan in studio with me this evening. Your response, boys, to that breaking news? I mean, you know, it, you say it's the deal. The deal, it, it, it was a case of the deal was going to happen. It was a case of how much money was it going to be. In reality, there's two, you know, there's two different situations here. Obviously, there's the, the Sky deal, and then there's the EFL clubs who are happy for, for various reasons. That, uh, in effect, obviously the various reasons that they they want more money to themselves. It seems that the money that they're not happy with is that the money comes in, 
and some of it's trickled down to the lower clubs mm. and they'd rather that they get a bigger bigger share of the pie. And uh, it's not really, as they say, it's not really cricket, is it? So, um, you know, we have a situation now where where do we go from here? Um, I, was, I mean, I was in a meeting with the EFL and the Football Supporters Federation only last week when this was all happening. Obviously, I can't sort of privy to say all the information that's coming out from that, but um, you could tell that there was a little bit of kind of... It, it, it was a little bit fraught. You could a bit see of back that, and forth. Yeah, there's a little bit back and forth going on. But um, but to me, I just think it's really worrying that we now have a situation where you have a situation. I think it's obvious actually. You have a situation where, first of all, you have the Premier League. Then the Premier League's broken away, and they sort of say we don't really, you know, we don't really care about the rest of the football. We just care about ourselves, you know. And then you know you've got this potential Super League happening where you've got part of the Premier League going to break away yeah. and try and take the money themselves. And then you've got clubs from our league trying to do exactly the same thing. And it's almost like you start to lose sight of where what football's about. You know, is, it, is football literally about, is it strictly all about the money? Because there's, there's, there's so much, you know, it's almost like the whole sport and where it's come from and what it's all about doesn't really make sense. As long as we can get as funnel as much money in as we can, we don't really care about anything mm. else. And I've, I've also got a theory, and just quickly I'm going to say, is that clubs are so, in football, they're so focused on money. What they believe is that if you've got twice or three times as much money, you're going to be twice or three times as good a club. And that's not the case. No, I agree. And that's, I think that's where it kind of fall, falls down to it. It's, to it's, it's very interesting with, with confirmation about this deal, Dan, because if you believe the reports that were in detail over the last couple of weeks, and I, I believe what, you know, up to 15 clubs in the championship. I don't know if Brentford and Queen's Park Rangers were amongst those 15 clubs. We're not from, well, Brentford are not, from yeah, what I've heard. We're, we're threatening to walk away. And, and, and if this drastic breakaway is even legally viable, I don't know. It feels to me a threat that they might have not been able to follow through on we don't know it's all speculation now it's what ifs now um 15 clubs led by we understand aston villa leeds derby we want more money we're not going to stand for this yeah i mean it's to some extent i've got i completely agree with everything billy said but i've got some sympathy because because of the disparity between the premier league and the championship um, as soon as you're down, you're because of FFP in particular, you're in trouble. Like if you stay down for one or two years, you're in serious trouble. And we're going to see, I think, the rumours are that, that, that later this season there could be several clubs in the in the Championship in trouble, possibly with points deductions because of FFP. But, but why are you in trouble? I don't want you to judge. We're not why? in trouble. No, no. What, why are these clubs in trouble? Well, if you FFP? go, if you play in the Premier, no, I, I mean it's their own fault. I agree. But if you play in the Premier League and you and you uh, sign players and you've got to sign players and you've got to play big contracts to get good players to try and stay in the Premier League. If you then go down and you start losing money, you start losing the money that you, that you used to get in the Premier League, but you've still got those contracts, you're in trouble and your revenue goes down. But you still have to keep paying the contracts that you're already committed to. So I, I've got a small amount of sympathy for that. Q, QPR completely broke the rules and they, mm. they deserved everything they got. And this is not, not a defence of, of QPR. But my, my point is, actually, you look at the Premier League, 13 of the clubs in the Premier League in the next 20 years will play, will be out of the Premier League at some point. They will be because that's that's what history has shown us. There's only about five or six, maybe seven clubs that, that are completely safe mm -hmm. from relegation. We saw Swansea only, you know, a couple of years ago look like they're, you know, top eight team. They're all suddenly they're struggling in the championship or not doing too well in the championship. So, but it's amazing to me that those Premier League teams are quite happy, like you said. Oh, we don't really worry. We don't really care about what happens after that. As long as we're in the Premier League and we're getting the Premier League money, that's the important thing. But actually, 
all the clubs in the football league, barring about the top five that want to go and play together in Europe anyway, should all be working together to get mm. the best deal. And that best deal should trickle down and should affect all the clubs below. But uh, as uh, Billy was saying, there's a lot of kind of selfishness within there about clubs just want to money grab. What makes me... Well, it's very interesting, Billy, is that when Adrea Redrizzani, the Leeds owner who's been at the forefront, the spearhead of a potential breakaway and, you know... We are being penalised, was his wording, for a, an unsustainable championship model he described it as. Um, he went to BT Sport. They weren't interested. This is what reports tell us. He went to Dezan, another Never international heard. media outlet, not interested. Eleven Sports, who Andrea Redrizzani owns, an online outlet, currently have the rights for La Liga, a Serie A rights as well, an option, but o- online only. He wants more money. This could have cost him £595 million if he wanted the... Or if that's what he was feeling, like the EFL rights were a potential for 11 sports. Um, there weren't any other options on the table. No, and, and we saw with the collapse of ICB So 35% digital. more on the current agreement is actually... Yeah. Sky Sports and the EFL doing the best possible job for their share, for their stakeholders, isn't it? Again... We're going to come back to it. It's, I don't think it's down to you know you you could throw whatever figure you want there onto the pot you know to the pot. It could be it could be eight hundred million. It could be nine hundred million. It's more the fact that the money and how it's actually split and how it's coming down to the smaller clubs. And that's I think that's where it comes from. At the end of the day, I think Redizani basically wants Leeds United TV and he wants all the money to come mm. in and go to Leeds United because <clears> I think their yeah. argument they're saying if you want us to put us on tele, if you want if we're if we're valuable enough to put us on television forty five yeah. times a season, then we you know we should be getting more money than this. And I think that is his argument. Again, I don't know all the figures that go in there. I know that teams get a certain amount of money every time they go on TV and so on and so forth. So Leeds do get played every time they go on television. Um, but also there has to be a trickle down effect because you know <laughs> you know. And Stanley and you know and and and, and Portsmouth and, and all these other sort of smaller clubs, you know they 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 yeah but they do they form part of our league and at the end of the day is that you know what do you want to do do you want to have a league with six teams or eight teams you know do you want to have a league like in America where they've got sort of you know six or eight teams and they play each other all the time there's no ups there's no downs there's no nothing you know in the baseball and in American football you know and you've got this whole franchise thing and it's you know and it's just we we can't be we can't be involved in that kind of thing so we need to be working together. With with teams in the whole league to try and see how we can build it up, and I think that clubs, instead of them working and and shaking their fist and saying, you know, we haven't got enough money, they should actually be working how they can actually be be a little bit more efficient. Okay, they get the money in and uh, they'll go out and spend twice as much on a player. At the end of the day, you spending twice as much on a player doesn't make that player twice as good, right? And I know you know you were talking about FFP earlier. I have to admit. I don't necessarily agree with a lot of the things that you say about these Premier League teams and teams having to go and spend money when in the Premier League because teams have to be better and work out how they can be more efficient in the money that they spend. So when you go to the Premier League, you don't go and spend... You get £100 million, you don't go and spend 100 like Fulham did. It's ridiculous. Spend £100, oh, that's £100 million. Yeah, we're going to be brilliant. And they're not. You know, that's not the way that you do it. You have to be really clever about it. But football... It's not like that. It, it deals and is still in a little bit of an old school way where all it does, it thinks, yeah, football's always been like this. Throw more money at it, it'll work. Throw more money at it, it'll work. It doesn't work like that. You have to be a little bit more creative. And that's what clubs need to spend money in actually getting creativity so we don't get these problems. Yeah, I think I, I, I don't I don't disagree with you, but it's but but 
you're slightly wrong in that when you look at a league table and you look at what where, where wages are spent and where the wages are, are the highest, those clubs are at the top of the league. There are anomalies in that. QPR, a very big one. When we lost, so we got relegated. I think we're about the eighth highest wage in Europe or something, and we still finish bottom. But generally speaking, that's 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 how it works. Um, but I don't have. I'm not saying I have huge sympathy for those clubs. Um, but it is difficult, and, and with the with the penalties that you get from FFP, I don't think the way the FFP works is particularly fair. Because if a, if a if a chairman wants to put money in, and it's their own money. They should they should be allowed to do that. I mean, it's you know if it's loans and, and they look like they might be bankrupting the club, it's something else. But um, you know, Bournemouth are a great Premier League team. They've had money put in by their by their chairman. They're going to get fined if they go down or um, back into the Championship. But you wouldn't begrudge them that. They're a great side now. so And they couldn't have done that without someone putting extra money in. But I'd have more respect for teams. That might be funny. But say, for example, we only had 100 quid. All of us had 100 quid, and we had to make do on that 100 pounds. Let's see who's the best team. Who's going to, who's going to take that 100 pounds and make a best team for managers, players, running your club and everything like that? For me, that would be much more exciting because it's an even playing field. But at the end of the day, if you get people from Russia and Qatar and all lots of stuff throwing barrels of oil money and everything like that into football clubs, it's like in the Monopoly game when you've got all the bits on the board. It's like, what's the point in playing? You know, to me, you've got to have a little bit, you know, football's a little bit about having a bit of competition. The Premier League, I mean, what competition there in the Premier League? You've got, you know, you've got half a Qatar throwing money into Man City. Great, they play for wonderful football, but reality is not really fair, is it? Mm, very interesting. We could talk about that all night, but we can't really, because we'd be here all night. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Talk Nocturnal. Sports 2 Live, the fans forum. Next up, I want to talk Brentford, I want to talk Queen's Park Rangers. Back in a sec. Talk Sport 2 Live. Things don't always go as planned in business. A quick job goes on and on. A client changes their mind again and again. At Renault Pro Plus, we're here to keep up with your business with a service that keeps you moving whatever the challenge. That's why our business commitment is designed to support you when you need it most. And why our Renault Traffic Sport is now available with 0% HP Finance. To find out more, visit renault.co.uk slash vans. Business users and participating dealers only. Renault Finance Higher Purchase subject to status, T's and C's apply. For orders by 7th of January and registered by 31st March. Renault.co.uk slash fans. Have you been injured in a road traffic accident? An accident at work or an accident anywhere? It's your right to claim. You could be entitled to thousands of pounds in compensation. Harris Fowler, a specialist, personal injury solicitors, with a 96.9% success rate, offering no win, no fee. Call 0800 213 214 to find out if you have a claim. 0800 213 214. Harris Fowler, the personal injury solicitors. Win rate based on cases issued and finished between the 1st of January and the 31st of December 2017. I hope you like it, love. It's... A boiler? You shouldn't have to spend your savings on a new boiler this Christmas. We're with you. That's why all British Gas boilers come with two years interest-free credit, nothing to pay up front, and a five-year British Gas warranty. Me and your dad got you a top-of-the-range one, so please look after it. Search British Gas New Boiler. Credit subject to status, conditions apply. The Talk Sport 450. 450 live games. Oh, what a strike! This season across Talk Sport and Talk Sport 2. Hello, Now TV Movie Hotline. How can we help? I need great movies for these long evenings. Well, we've got over a thousand to choose from. Go epic with Marvel's Black Panther, or step into a world of colour with Disney Pixar's Coco. And why not watch Tensions Rise in Darkest Hour? What a lineup! Grab a Now TV Sky Cinema Pass and find whatever you're in the mood for. Hit play right away on the latest blockbusters, all without a contract. To start your 14-day free trial, search Now TV. 18 plus new customers only. Pass renewed at 9.99 per month unless cancelled. 
Talks Sport at the Test. England's winter tour of Sri Lanka. Exclusively live on Talksport 2. Talksport 2 is the only radio station where you can hear every ball, every appeal, and every wicket of every single game of England's winter tour of Sri Lanka. I think he's out! He is! He's out! With exclusive live commentary from Talksport's top team of pundits and ex-players, including Mark Nicholas, Mahela Jaya Wardener, Darren Goff, Mike Atherton, David Bumble Lloyd, Nasser Hussein, Matt Pryor, Mark Butcher, and Gareth Batty. Oh! Exclusively live on TalkSport 2, the new home of cricket. Online and on DAB Digital Radio. TalkSport 2 Live. Don't forget TalkSport 2, your home of the EFL Championship Action Friday evening build-up from 6pm. Most detailed build-up on the dial. Ipswich West Brom, that's for you Friday night. Early start Saturday, midday, start build-up, Rotherham against Sheffield United, that's a big Yorkshire derby, isn't it? TalkSport 2 Saturday, 12.30 kick-off. And then the second City derby, Sunday lunchtime, live here, TalkSport 2. Top stories this evening on the Fans Forum. The EFL in the last hour has announced that it's formally agreed to a five-year domestic broadcasting deal with Sky Sports worth £595 million. That's starting from next season. Marion Fellaini says he's confident Manchester United can narrow the gap on rivals Manchester City. Well, that's not what you're drinking. And Martin O'Neill has made five changes as the Republic of Ireland attempt to end 2018 on a positive note, a more positive note, with victory over Denmark tonight. Billy to be with us from the Besotted podcast. Dan Queens Park Rangers fan as well. We'll start Brentford. Go check out Besotted podcast as well. Really good listen. Uh, I enjoy your work. Um, Thomas Frank getting his feet under the top table, but four defeats in your last five. Um, was it a good time to get this international break? Do you feel? <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's brilliant. We were jumping up and down, celebrations in Griffin Park all around. I tell you, it was the best international break ever. We normally like international breaks normally because for different reasons. Uh, we normally come out of them on, on a, a very decent run, and then we gives us time to actually just sit back and just uh, just to recalibrate. But this time, it has to be said, it hasn't been great. I mean, Thomas Frank obviously has been at Brentford for a couple mm. of years um, as the assistant to Dean Smith. Um, you know, um, when Dean Smith uh, went to Villa, which is probably inevitable, you know, Villa fan, love Villa, um, you know, job of a lifetime. You know, if it goes horribly wrong there, he'll probably go and get another job. Do you miss him? Do, Do you miss him? I, I, I like, listen, Dean Smith, wicked bloke, lovely, lovely. Honestly, he's probably been in here. Yeah, chat to he's, him. he's a really, really nice yeah. bloke, really. Able, and he did a lot of really good things for Brentford. He, um, you know, he, he, he got us out of a bit of a pickle. The previous manager that we had, and again, no disrespect to him, Mariner Steichhausen, we got him um, off the back of, um, we've got him in off the back of the Warburton scenario, and we got another manager in, which was, wasn't the right fit for us. We had to get rid of him very quickly, brought Dean Smith in, and he sorted out a lot of mess for Brentford at the time. Player politics, you know, just all sorts of stuff, and bringing young players through. And he carried on the style of Brentford playing some really fantastic football. Don't get me wrong, you know, he had his terrible, you know, times. You know, we went on runs where we did, you know, won one or two games in 20. You know, and fans were on his back. You know, mm. we, we went through that quite a few times. But to be fair to the, to the owner, he said, you know, Dean's doing a great job. I believe in what he's doing. The signs are there. You let him come through it. You know, the reasons why the players are young or, you know, he's, he's had some bad luck or, you know, let's just come through it. And then next minute we'll win one or two games, you know, win, win 18 or 19 in 20, yeah. something like that. So, yes, we do miss him to a certain extent for that. However, you've got to move on. Football, you've always got to move on. And Thomas Frank, 
he was chosen. Yeah, I mean, you said there you saw signs that things were always going to get better, as they did it under Dean Smith. Do you see early signs that things are going to progress? Because we were talking about the need for progression earlier on. That's what you're looking for as a fan. Do you see that under Frank's Brentford? Of course. I mean, it's, it's really difficult because it's really too early to say. You know, Thomas yeah. Frank's had five games. He's lost 80% of them. So you're looking at on, if you, you know, Brentford are a stats team. You think, oh, look at the stats. It's not yeah, great. Yeah. But it is quite a small sample, as they say. It's only five matches. A lot of the matches we've lost by the, the odd goal in one. You know, even when we went up to Preston, you know, we lost by the odd goal in one. We scored three goals away from home and still lost. I think the worry is the fact that, you know, it's less the fact that we're actually, you know, not scoring goals because we are scoring goals. It's the goals that we're letting in. But we had the problems of letting in goals before he left. You know, we had it when Dean Smith was there. We also had it when, you know, um, Dijkhausen was there and when Mark Morgan was there. It's been something which has been a bit of a problem with Brentford, of letting in goals, letting in silly goals, and something that needs to be solved. So will, will Thomas Frank solve that problem is the question. Uh, it's interesting that I saw him after your defeats against that mob, oh, no. Queen's Park Rangers, um, that he called for more leaders, which I always find interesting when that comes from a manager. I want more leaders in my group. Uh, more players, in, the more experienced, maybe just step up a little more. Uh, which I think, which is interesting, because obviously um, uh, a system that was bought in. By, you don't have a designated leader, do you? Well, the thing is, we do now. <laughs> this is this is the interesting. This is change. Thing. Yeah. Right, this is one of the changes that's come in. When Dean Smith was there, Dean Smith decided to actually have a changing captain, a, a rotation leadership captain. group. They leadership it, group. Yeah. Which in effect was rotation. He's like, right, who wants to be captain this week? Oh, it's you. And, oh no, I don't want to do it. Yes, you have to do it. So we had this situation, which was in. Dean Smith and he's actually bought it in at Aston Villa which is quite interesting now what's happened is that since Thomas Frank's come in and you talk about changes one of the things that he's changed he's actually changed that where he's actually removed that leadership group thing and he's made captain so I think the captain is uh, uh, Romain Sawyers so uh, Romain Sawyers and which is interesting because people are like mm, Romain Sawyers is he new captain or what? I'm not quite sure you know but I never thought that David Beckham was a captain, but then they put him into the captaincy and next minute he just stepped up to the plate. So maybe he's seen something in him which is which is right. And I think what he now wants is the other players to act like leaders, even if they aren't necessarily the captain. Mm. It's very interesting and a little bit of sad news I want to talk about. Um, tributes continue to pour in from the world of football, from everyone. After the very sad passing of Robert Rowan, the Brentford technical director, sudden passing uh, last week, wasn't it? He's just 28 years of age and... You, more details coming through all the time about just what he, the kind of person he was, what he was putting in place with Brentford, the role he played, and what he was like as a person as well. Yeah, Rob, I mean, Rob Ryan, I mean, I heard that news. I mean, obviously, I heard the news when everyone else heard the news, and I was absolutely. I was I was shocked, mortified, whatever the words you want to throw in there. I knew Rob knew him quite well, used to speak to him quite a lot. He was an absolutely lovely, lovely bloke. Um, a lovely bloke. He was a real ambassador for Brentford. He really loved Brentford as a football fan, but also he's a really nice bloke, a gentle giant, as they call him. He'd always be there to to, to talk to you, to, to you know, just to tell you stuff, to give you a hand. And also, from what I can understand, the players really saw him as a as a you know, I say as, as an as an ambassador, somebody who you know he bought through players like Chris Meppham. Mm. You know, I mean, an innovator, you could you know, say, he, with his work with the B team. And you know, he 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 worked together with you know the directors of football on that to to. Try Try and evolve the academy, which wasn't working, into a B team. But he actually really believed in it. And like I said to you, he took us one day, um, and it's on the Besotted podcast, Besotted.com. If you check it out, uh, we got an interview with Rob Bowen, who took us down to QPR. Actually, it was last season, um, down to the B team. We went to Harlington, 
Um, we went to his flat. We sat down with him. We talked about the B team. We sat down and we had a little bit of breakfast for the morning, just chilled out. And then after we went in the car, went down to Harlington and Brentford played QPR in a B team. Our B team played their under 23s, but their under 23s had quite a few A team players like Silla was in the team. There's about four or five of them in the team. Mm. Um, Rob was there. He's introduced me to Thomas Frank then, Dean Smith. Um, Ian Holloway is behind me bellowing. You know, it wasn't his game, but he sort of came out of the cafe, just started bellowing, and then went back inside. I was thinking, what's going on there? That sounds like Ollie. Yes, it was. It was like him. But it was, it, was, it, it was really, really, really nice bloke. And the thing about it is that, like I said to you, he was really dedicated to the new Brentford, the way that Brentford are yeah. going. And, um, you know, my fear is that, you know, he's such a big cog in, in what we're doing, what we're going. I think it's going to be very hard yeah. to replace. Yeah, uh, I've said it several times. Almost every time I've been on air, our thoughts, of course, with, with Robert's family, at this, his friends and family at this very tough time. Lovely tribute paid there by Billy the Bee tonight on the Fans Forum on TalkSport 2 Live. Dan, also Queen's Park Rangers fan with us. Three defeats in your last 13. I think a few are having sweet, a little bit of humble pie, aren't they, Dan? I mean, yeah. a real turnaround at Loftus Road right now, and Steve McLaren deserves a huge amount of credit for that. Yeah, he does. I mean, we we lost the first four, losing very, very heavily. Uh, and if you believe from some newspapers, he was gone, wasn't he? Was a I dead think, man walking? I genuinely think we we played Wigan in our fifth game, and um, I genuinely think if we'd lost that game, he was gone. I mean, there's a moment in that game where Connor Washington, who's since gone on to Sheffield United kind of had a shot and it it was going in the corner and it hit our own player, Matt Smith, on the line. And I and I just looked down at Steve McLaren and he I mean, he was tearing what left of his hair out. Um and and just I just looked at him and I thought, he knows, he knows if this doesn't happen today it's gone. But somehow we dug out a quite ugly one nil win. Um so I was I think it was against Hull rather than Wigan. Um, and then, and then since then, we had a couple of couple of sort of uh, hiccups, but things just uh, keep getting better. Almost What's been the main game. difference? I mean, I, I was down at your training ground a couple of weeks ago talking with Angel Rangel. Mm. There's a, a feeling you look around the place and you bit of experience there, yeah. Premier League experience, Championship experience, clever acquisitions at Loftus Road, yeah. and plugging gaps in that defence as well. Yeah, I mean the, the defence was the main thing. I mean. It, McLaren said when he came in, you know, we've got some really good young players, but we do need a bit of experience. And in the end of last season, we lost Alex Smithies to Cardiff. We, uh, Neda Manua left. Um, Jack Robinson went to Forest. He's not an uh, experienced player, but still was an important mm. uh, player at the back. So we, we'd lost some, you know, a lot of our defence. You know, a big part of our defence had gone. The heart of it, the defence had gone. So he was looking to buy a centre-back. We were thwarted with several players. Sainsbury, who ended up, I think, uh, going to Holland. And um, uh, Hefe, I think, went to Forest. Um, so he eventually had to had to sort of stick with what he had, which was Tony Leisner, which was our only signing at the summer. It came in to play centre back from Germany, and then he got um, Jeff Cameron on loan from Stoke, mm. and which wasn't you know. We've all been on message boards and things. I've got a thing running where I get his name wrong all the time because I did not know what Jeff Cameron was like. I just I didn't really know him at all. Yeah. And he's this player who's just played in the Premier League for years and years. And he came, wasn't fully fit, but the fitter he got and the more the defence organised, and Angel Rangel was, was is, uh, another sort of free signing. He's, he's here till January. You suddenly started to see that that lot step up, and we suddenly became much more difficult to beat. And that was the first thing. And it's sort of the old cliche, really, build from the back. And McLaren has said that. And a lot of people talk about that, but it's not that easy. But that's what he's done, mm. and it's worked. And we, we started to be difficult to beat, but we weren't really scoring any goals. And then we started to score goals. You won't be able to improve in January because there's that embargo in yes. place. Um, but two points off the playoffs. Yeah. So what, what, 
what could you achieve? I, do, we, I, I don't think we'll make the playoffs. I think we're on a, I think we're on a good run. You're supposed to be optimistic. I point. am. I, you you know, I am. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm optimistic, but I think we're, we're, I think we're on a good run, but I think that's about as far as it goes. And I think we will, you know, I'm just, I'm relieved because after the first four games, I thought we were going down. Is everything right off the pitch? I feel like whenever I talk with someone from Queen's Park Rangers, either a fan or somebody at the club, I have to just ask, is everything all right? It probably is, but pitch? if, you know, it, it, we're never more than a week away from some sort of disaster. You know, there'll be a friendly game with a team from Malaysia or something. There'll be a you know massive brawl or something. Something will happen. It always does. But at the moment, it seems reasonably quiet. We've just got permission finally after a million um, blockages and things uh, through the, uh, the High Court has said we can build our training ground. So that is fantastic news. Um, Billy was talking about Harlington, which is not really um, fit for service, I don't think, anymore. Um, so that's really good news. Um, things do seem to be looking up. And do you think you'll be able to keep Eze and... I look no. at Eze and I look at Freeman as arguably your two greatest yeah. assets. Yeah. Is there a feeling you can keep them for another another year? I think Eze will... If you can't def- bring players in, you've got to work incredibly hard to keep yeah. those you've got, and they they stand out to me. Yeah, I think we'll be all right with Eze um, through January, I hope, but I can't see him staying for next season. He's just, he's just too good. Uh, Freeman could go in January there's rumours that Middlesbrough might come back in if if we do get a fee I, I'm not quite sure of the rules whether you're allowed to spend a certain amount to replace a, a player depending on how much you've sold it before yeah um, he could go uh, either of those goes will be a huge uh, it will be a huge blow because they're important to us got gentle optimism and realism from the Queen's Park Rangers fan I'll go back with our Brentford fan Billy the Bee with us tonight um, you find yourself a little more set back you flirted with the top six throughout the Season, haven't you really? Um, what 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 are you set back now? Twenty one, seven points off the yeah. off the top six. I mean, Where do you stand on what you could achieve this season? Tell you something, the points thing. I mean, I don't, even, I actually don't even watch the league table anymore because it's it's completely and utterly irrelevant. You know, the fact that you know Norwich City were floundering and they're nowhere, and then bang, 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 next minute they're top of the league. It just goes to show you what can happen. I think what's more important is your team, and and what you've got there. And at the beginning of the season, we were. And I'm going to say this without a doubt, the best team in the league. The football that we were playing, and it's not being arrogant or anything like that. It's like, when you've seen your team playing for 30, 30 odd years, you know what's good and what's bad. We were playing fantastic football. Yes, we smashed Rotherham 5 1. Yes, it was only Rotherham, but to be quite, Rotherham were causing a few people problems at the moment now. We went to Stoke City after that, away from home, and it was only a defensive error, you know, between Mepham and uh, the goalkeeper, put the ball over the top of the net, which, which caused them to get in. But Stoke literally was rabbit in the headlights. We, we were looking fantastic. And then a couple of errors, and then all of a sudden we found ourselves floundering. But we've reason, the reason why I think we're floundering is because we've got a really young side. And when the results don't go against you, they've stopped, lost a little bit of confidence. Mm. But as soon as we get that back, we get our mojo back, I really do believe that we'll be, we would be out there and fighting. But, you know, it, it's a difficult one because we have got a young side. And the, the lack of experience may actually um, may, may cost us to a certain extent. Yeah. But if you bring an experienced player in you've got to take a player out and that's that's the balance up really enjoying this boys another 30 minutes of the talk sport to live fans forum tonight two personalities an awful lot debate around them in recent weeks both gordon taylor and richard scudamore we're going to get into it next online and on dab digital radio talk sport 2 live 
Everyone knows it pays to shop around for the best energy plan. But if only there was a website which did all the hard work for you. Now there is. It's called switchcraft.co.uk. It finds the best energy plan for you and keeps you on the best deal automatically, helping customers save up to £518 a year on energy bills. Best of all, it's totally free. Switchcraft.co.uk, the one-stop, no-hassle route to cheaper energy. Start saving now at switchcraft.co.uk, the best deal for it's only just launched, but the new Vauxhall Combo van has already delivered. For the heavy lifters, with its payload of up to a ton. For the fuel savers, with its highly efficient engines. And now, we're delighted to announce, it's also delivered the coveted title of International Van of the Year 2019. New Combo. Carries British business. Vauxhall. British brand since 1903. Search Vauxhall Combo. Fridays can never come too quickly, but Black Friday can come and go too fast. So move sharpish and catch Sky's Black Friday Superfast broadband offer. It's just £25 a month for 18 months, including line rental. Setup fees are only £19.95, and you can get it with or without Sky TV. What's more, we'll never slow you down. But Black Friday isn't hanging around either. So crack on. Search Sky Black Friday. New fiber customers in selected areas only. Check speeds at sky.com. £38.99 per month after 18 months. Terms apply. It's time to shine this Christmas with an award-winning torch from Ledlenser. Better than Rudolph's big red nose for lighting up my sleigh. Brighter than a guiding star for showing you the way. Because a Ledlenser torch, as all wise folk have found, is the gift they want for Christmas and all the year round. Train up your torch or headlamp and ask for a precision German engineer beauty from Ledlenser. Plus a whopping seven-year warranty. Find out more at ledlenser.com. TalkSport 2 Live. Top stories tonight on our fans forum here on TalkSport 2 Live. Thanks for your company. The EFL has announced that it's formally agreed a new five-year domestic broadcasting deal with Sky Sports worth £595 million starting from next season. Aaron Fellaini says he's confident Manchester United can narrow the gap on rivals Manchester City. And Martin O'Neill has made five changes as the Republic of Ireland attempt to end 2018. On a positive note, with victory over Denmark tonight. This is a really interesting moment for, for professional footballers. Let's see how much they care about a guy who is actually standing up for their right. Why has it come to light now, you asked me earlier, which was a great question. Well, since the TV, TV money got big, and players of my generation started retiring. Problems have become bigger. Financial issues, lots of bankruptcy. We've had the sexual abuse. Dementia's become a huge one for older players now. There's, there's more people looking into that. And mental health, addiction, all these things now are, are too much for the PFA. Well, they're too much for the PFA to deal with, but they have the funds to expand and help. But they're not helping with legal advice. They're not. They will. There will be. There'll be people who come out and say they help me with this. They help me with that. The extremities. So, the money they have and what they do. The extremities is, is ridiculously huge. What I mean by that is, if you've got that much money, but you're only helping in such small ways, that's wrong. The difficulty that you have is that the PFA is not a proper trade union. Ex-players and players, I've got to hold their horses for a second here because they don't fund the PFA. Trade unions 
are ostensibly funded by their members. And in this instance, this union is funded by everybody else but its members. And whilst that doesn't excuse Gordon Taylor for running a personal fiefdom, it's a bit rich for players to be coming out of the woodwork now saying something that everybody's known for the passage of time because someone else has taken a swing at him. Matt Lawton, Danny Murphy, Simon Jordan reacting to the developing story on the PFA. It's very interesting. And the Chief Exec Gordon Taylor, of course. Uh, 200 high-profile current former players calling, effectively for the head of Taylor, for Taylor to step down. Gordon Taylor and the PFA have been approached by TalkSport and TalkSport 2 for an interview. An open letter, it's been seen. It's asking for an independent review called for by Ben Perkis, the PFA chair. And Billy... Alongside me tonight on the fans forum, currently it's being blocked. It's an incredible story, gathering pace all the time. Yeah, I mean, you don't know where this is going to go. You don't know where this is going to go, really. I mean, there's the, the, the you said the blockage. You know, there's legal. Do you think it's going to go legal? Well, I, it, not no, not necessarily. I mean, the PFA either can agree to independent review to take place, or they can deny that access because that's what what is could potentially happen and they don't there's no legal ramifications they say as part of this open letter the need to modernize the need for the pfa to do more really it's up to the pfa to act i mean the thing about it is that when you you know when you get a situation like this obviously um their members are not happy Okay, and you, as you say, you've got to, you've got to, you, you have to do something. Okay, it's out there, it's in the public domain. There's a PR thing going behind it. It's interesting. From the, um, you, you, you've heard it from one particular point of view, obviously with the open letter, where the, where they've got the gripes, the players have got the gripes. Um, from the flip side of it, you know, we, we haven't heard from what the PA, PFA is saying. You know, from what I can gather, you know, they say that they have major communication with their members. Um, the main problem is that they, they don't shout about it from the hills. They haven't got a PR wagon, not good at social media. So maybe from a flip side of it as well, I'm just saying it's interesting where they, they've got a lot of money. They need to kind of, they need to develop their systems. They need to actually develop the things that they're doing. So if the players are really unhappy about, you know, um, certain programs that should be put in mm. place, they talk about Alzheimer's and stuff like that. Um, you know, these programs need to be put in place to, to see, um, and see um, they need to see action and they need to be spending this money, you know what I'm saying, in areas um, which are dealing with the players, but and also areas which is actually communicating mm. so people actually know what's going on because that could be part of the problem. Well, I understand, Dan. The PFA had £26 million available to spend last year uh, due to the percentage of the Premier League TV deal that they get uh, and also some pretty vast reserves of money that the PFA have accrued over over the last... Well, Gordon Taylor's been in the role for over 30 years, isn't he? So, you know, if it's not transparent, if it's not available for, for me, you, Dan, yourself, to go out there and ask the PFA what's x being spent on what's y y is being spent on if if that's not um affecting the business and what they're able to do and the aid they're able to provide to former and current players then then what are they doing exactly i mean their whole existence is is to be helping former and current players and current players need help perhaps in different ways to to former players but the, the the dementia issue is is a massive one i mean they they pfa decided in something like 2002 that they needed to start studies into that they agreed 
with the FA that they would start some studies. It's a that. pittance that they've provided they, towards and, and those they, studies they put a and tiny that research towards as well. It, yeah. Yeah. And it's taken 16 years to find it right, actually, yes, let's start properly doing this. You know, and the deaths of players. and I mean, at QPR and Brentford have um, Stan Bowles in common, and Stan's really struggling with um, dementia. And I don't know how much how much help he's had from, from the PFA, but certainly both clubs have been raising money to help him. And you just think, this is a this is an organisation that's got like 50 million in reserves. It's an organisation that spends 2 million on a Lowry painting, but only sp- only gives Kick It, the Kick it Out campaign £125,000 a year. You know, that's that's for them to, you know, to just to keep ticking over. He said, when, when you start reading these stats, it becomes... You know, sort of, well, what is going on? You can understand that players are getting a bit fed up with it. I, I think this has been a long time coming, and I don't think he's going to last much longer. I can't see it. £2.2 million a year, I understand, being reported. That's what I'm told. Gordon Taylor's wage to run a union, which, just my personal opinion, I find absolutely staggering. He's the most well-played union rep yeah. in, the, in the world, I think it is. Yeah. Now, the, the fact Better is... Better paid than Didier Deschamps. <laughs> I mean, there, 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 there is an argument to say, and, you know, some people may turn around and say to you, well, it depends on, you know, what they're delivering. If they're doing a fantastic job and they're bringing it, then they're, they're worth their weight in gold. You know, I'm just I'm just doing the devil's advocate we thing. We can only react, Billy, though. You're spot on. We can only react to what former players are telling TalkSport and TalkSport 2, though. Yeah. The support isn't there. No, that's what Family I'm saying. Family members of former players, we don't hear from them. So I think, this, I think the situation has now come to a head where... Because if you've got an, any organisation, especially if somebody's being paid that amount of money, you you are you know you're a figurehead. You're the person at the top who has to make sure that everything is ticking and running right. The things that sort of kind of when I looked into it a little bit more. I mean, I've met Gordon a couple of times, but I you know I don't know I know about his history, but I didn't realise I didn't realise he's in the job for 37 years. That's the first thing I never realised, and that, which which I find quite amazing because normally when you get in these situations, you normally get the vote and you you normally have a term for what, maybe four you know eight four years or eight years at the most. But to be going on for that period of time I think was it I'm not saying on constitution but I just I found that rather peculiar to start because to me you always need to be moving and freshening up and bringing new people in and whether or not he moves to one side or moves to another mm. place that's kind of what mm-hmm. normally happens and I think that what's happens that if you're not careful as an organization you be, can become and I use the words a bit lazy you're just used to doing the same old thing with the same old people and you, you you're not actually pushing yourselves and maybe PFA has got itself into the situation where that's what's happening here and that's where you're getting so many gripes. You've got 26 million pounds available to spend. I cannot believe, Dan, that for retired footballers, that something isn't in place. A mm. course, some kind of compulsory support. It's just something, some kind of mechanism is in place for a player that steps out of his career, and and, and many will not know what is ne- what is coming next, mm. and they will be filled with fear and panic. Some. Yeah will be really struggling to comprehend. I don't know. I don't know what else to do. I have nothing else available to me. That there isn't something there. They've surely got enough resources. Yeah, because this, you know, you, to some extent, you sort of think, oh, footballers, they're all wealthy. But this isn't just about the players in it's the Premier League. It's a statistic that it's, says the amount that go into bankruptcy. Yeah. Within five years of... Yeah. I mean, even David James. Halting their career. It? It's really concerning. Yeah. But with some kind of education, with some kind of support... Whether that's physical support, financial support, probably less the financial, but just some kind of advice. Mm. Well, I mean, we can, said, we can address that, can't we? Yeah, I mean, the PFA can address that. Yeah, that's what they should be doing. That should be that should be what their job is. I mean, that's what I thought it was anyway. I mean, you know, PFA is an interesting thing for fans because it's you know to some extent it's you know it's always sort of thought well it's not much to do with us. It's to help 
players. But then when you get situations um, where, where players have gone into bankruptcy or players have got ill... You still care about those players as a fan. You still really do. What so clubs are having to do yeah. examples of, especially lower down the EFL, clubs are digging deep into their pockets to support yeah. former players. That more should be getting done for them. The body, the union in place to represent them. But but your chief executive's earning two point two well, million pounds a year. I read that's four times more than he was paid out to former pros. His salary four times more. And, and this year. is what I'm how saying. can that be right? And that's what I'm saying to you. Where you know, as the CEO, it's it's having. We don't know. I mean, we're talking about this because this situation has come up and we think uh, this doesn't seem right. But it's almost like if you delved into it a little bit more, we don't know. We're not privy to how the, 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 the PFA works. But to me, it seems when we're talking about these players are talking about these things, which obviously has been brewing for a while. It is the CEO to have the people that work for him to be setting these things up so these things are actually put in place. Yeah. I mean, if you were if you were Google, if you were any company, that's what you would do. And you'd make sure that this would happen. And every year you'd review it or every six months and you'd have management meetings or whatever you do to make sure these things happen. And also you've got to listen to your audience, your clients, to actually think, what do you want? What do you need? How we can put these things into place? Now, we're not privy because we don't know what's going on. But if the gripes are happening, they say not happening, there's question marks that have got to be had by by the players and by the organisation themselves to say, you know, we, we failed here. Yeah, well, I'll repeat again. Talk, 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 talk to approach the PFA and Gordon Taylor for an interview. We'll wait and see. Final part of the TalkSport 2 Live Fans Forum comes next. Online and on DAB Digital Radio. TalkSport 2 Live. At DFS, autumn winter collection sofas are up to half price and many are guaranteed to be delivered before Christmas. Better be quick, though. Selected sofas end soon. DFS. It's mental. They're giving away free fivers. But how? Grab a copy of The Sun, enter 28 unique codes with Sun Savers and get a fiver back. What? A free fiver? Seriously? Keep it down. Return and watch the film. Sorry, mate. And yeah, a free fiver. Cash. Pick up The Sun and get free fivers with Sun Savers. Yes. Really? Had your eye on something special? This week at John Lewis & Partners, we've got Black Friday offers across the store, including 20% off selected home and furniture, 17% off selected fragrances, and offers on your favourite electrical brands. Plus, we match the prices of our high street competitors, so there's no need to shop around. Terms apply. See in store or online for details of our price promise. Muscular pain oh. can last all day Ow. and night. Ouch! And Neurofen's new pain relief can do the same. Introducing the UK's only clinically proven 24-hour ibuprofen patch. It delivers ibuprofen directly to the site of pain for all day and all night pain relief. Ah. Neurofen Joint and Muscular Pain Relief Medicated Plaster contains ibuprofen for short-term pain relief of muscle strains and sprains close to the joint of upper or lower limb. Always read the label. Landlords, Direct Line guarantees to be other insurers' renewal premiums for the same cover. Can your insurance do that? Switch to Direct Line Landlord. New customers only qualifying criteria apply. Underwritten by UK Insurance Limited. Online and on DAB Digital Radio. TalkSport 2 Live. Final 
parts of TalkSport 2 Live, the fans forum, excellent company tonight, Billy the Bee and Dan the Queen's Park Rangers fan, alongside myself, Dan Window. Our focus, which is the EFL from 8 o'clock, got Adam Virgo and Ali Maxwell out there in the office ready to go. Our focus on the Football League from 8 o'clock tonight. Top stories, the EFL has announced, we'll react to this by the way, that it's formally agreed to a five-year domestic broadcasting deal with Sky Sports worth £595 million signing from next season. Uh, just about to get off and underway and we'll keep you right up to date with the very latest between Denmark and the Republic of Ireland in the Nations League this evening. And Marion Fellaini says he's confident Manchester United can narrow the gap on rivals Manchester City. What do you make of that Fellaini comment, by the way? Strange, but you know. Got to say it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. It's up to you if you want to believe it. Exactly, yeah. You can yeah. say it all he wants. I don't. They might narrow the gap. I mean, they're not going to overtake them. No, I don't. Yeah. I'm not sure if they'll narrow the gap yeah. either. Um, Richard Scudamore, the outgoing Premier League executive chairman, uh, has accepted a five million pound payout. This is big talk, big debating point last week. Uh, he's accepted a five million pound payout, agreed to be paid to him by all twenty Premier League clubs. I actually, understand that um, it's being paid out the central reserve that the Premier League clubs contribute to. Uh, Richard Scudamore. Steps out with a golden handshake, and what a, a figure of money that is! Rightly, it's angered many people. I found it incredible when I was reading about this last week. Your response to it, chaps, and I suppose the latest line that I'm reading today is reports say that this payment given to Scudamore to stop him from taking a job maybe at a rival sport organisation, an MLS, a, a La Liga. Well, it's I, you know it's not too dissimilar to the to the Gordon Taylor thing because. You know, a hundred million pounds goes to grassroots from the Premier League every year. That's to, to all of football outside the Premier League, to all of grassroots, hundred million, and and five million to one person to it's, stop it's, him it's, taking his expertise elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, so you know, I, I mean, the MLS is is never, you know, would would obviously have absolutely. I mean, they can't compete with the Premier League for years. La Liga could, but I mean, I still can't see. No one's going to stop watching the Premier League around the world just because someone's got a good CEO in Spain. I mean, that's that's not going to suddenly happen. Real concern that he could take his contacts and see an awful lot of goodwill and those relationships he's built over the years he's been in charge driving the business, the, the product of the Premier League globally. A real concern that he would take that elsewhere to improve uh, the Spanish League or the American League or another rival sports organisation, Billy. And and for me, it is a success story. So you have to say that's what it is, the Premier League under his stewardship and the business side and the financial side and everything he's done for the Premier League. Soured by this golden handshake, tarnished. Well, I think you know, his reasons are absolute poppycock, as they say. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, 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 can't, I, can't see, I, I can't see him going... Listen, if he went to MLS great you know he's another executive who's gone elsewhere and that's what happens executive move from place to place that happens in the city all the mm -hmm. time and what the premier league need to do is that they need to make sure that the next person comes in is as good or they take it at the next level premier league has set itself and it's built itself you know and and it's it's got itself in effect in the top of the pile around the world for, for a number of particular reasons so if the uk decide to let that slip then that's our problem you can't protect it now but what's what is more worrying for me is the fact that they keep on saying that they've got no money for 
investing in you know we talk about grassroots we've got no money for for fans we can't we can't actually um it's interesting because i'm actually got i do a bit of lecturing as well and i'm actually preparing a lecture at the moment in marketing and i'm doing a, a little um uh sponsorship one about putting money into music and putting money into football and the, i was sitting down there and i was thinking that the thing that really annoys me about football is that all this money comes in right from tv and from sponsors and everything mm. like that if you look at other industries they they reinvest a lot of this money back into the experience um, look at the crowd um lots of activations yeah. really clever things football because it's so used to having fans go, turning up for games and getting this big tv money come in the, the companies are really lazy in how they actually kind of take this money and activate it so they don't reinvest this money to do clever things to put it back into the experience and everything like that they just let it go and for me i'm thinking is that if the football premier league were really clever they take this money and they'll actually put it back so that the fans are actually not whinging and they're not moaning and actually feeling that they're doing really good things and putting back into the game other than just watching the game itself by putting money into the players giving double money triple money for players but they don't do that and then they can give scooter more five million pounds of money that they say that they don't have I, this really confuses me i'm just sort of thinking football needs to sort itself out but, you know it really does need to sort out where its priorities are because i think that they're i think that they're I, in a minute if they're not careful they, they might have another itv digital situation because all they keep doing is keep getting more and more and more and more money you think where's this money going to come from then it can almost go, go yeah. to pot and then what's happened is that because the people that they're dealing with they get really angry they'll go off and they'll be doing other things. They won't be there anymore and they'll be actually trying to pull them back. So I think that football needs to sort of kind of play a, a little bit more of a better game by looking at its audience and actually start to reinvest a little bit more in the audience to actually give them give, give them a little bit more. Very well said. Um, hundreds of referees, let's get into this, risk being charged over the weekend uh, as they showed their support to the band official David McNamara. You, you'll have heard about this story. Uh, McNamara suspended for three weeks after he used a game of rock, paper, scissors before a women's super league match um, instead of a coin. Um, hundreds of referees over the weekend thought they'd uh, show their sport by doing exactly the same. Rock, paper, scissors. This, mean, meanwhile, we see stories, some quite concerning and um, difficult stories to digest, actually, that we've had on Talk Sport over the last year or so about grassroots referees the abuse and the assault some of them have experienced but the governing body in this case have decided to make an example of this guy for what i'll only can only describe as a mistake yeah it's, in, it's insanity basically i sort of saw like a, a, a quote from the southern sunday league and they said well he was bringing the game into disrepute that's what they actually said someone doing a rock paper scissors you know so i think people need to remember that this is supposed to be entertainment right i actually think it'd be a really good idea if we always did rock paper scissors <laughs> instead of a coin toss it'd be a lot more fun and it'd be a lot more interesting you better see it from the stand it'd be great to do it at the beginning of a world cup final as well it's just like and before we start uh, seeing the kids off for the world cup final of course got the traditional rock paper scissors i mean that's it would be great. Well, I refereed. I but, used to, I'm, and I might, I might myself have like a suspended charge because I don't referee anymore. But I do the grass behind the back, which hand? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't. It's just to see who kicked off first or change events. It's it's so unbelievable that they've that they've uh, charged him with this. And then and, and I'm you know I'm really pleased that the other refs are and players apparently backing them and they all want to do it. There's lots of stories of kids at school, uh, you know, young games going on and they're doing the rock paper scissors at the centre circle. It's I great. understand you have rules and regulations and I understand why the governing body at times have to, I understand why they, they have felt the need to address this and to talk about it. 
the guy's made a mistake. He accepts that mistake to suspend him for three weeks. It is a bit much, it has to be said. But then, you know, um, they could be a little bit irregular, you know, in, in the things that they do in the FA. And if they think that, you know, um, they're coming down to this, you know, rules are rules. I mean, recently they, they you know, they set, a, you know, a whole load of, of new rules. Um, I can't remember. There's another kind of really strange referee rule that they actually set fairly recently as well. I can't, I can't remember what's in a new set of rules that they have. And I, I don't know if they're actually trying to put their foot down to say, you know, as a body, we need to take the, you know, the, the authority to the hill. And if we say a rule is a rule, it has to be, and everyone has to kind of be up to go. Yeah. And, and, and what they do is that they're losing the, hu you say the humour of the game, but they're also, again, it's this whole losing the passion of the game, the humour. This is what the game is all about. And it's, you know, did it really matter that they did rock, paper, scissors or a coin or the grass behind the back? It didn't really matter. And it's almost like they're concentrating on the wrong things. Yeah, I agree. Because you've seen some of the footage. Yeah. That, that is is out there now, and referees. There are examples of referees, the abuse and the assault that they've had to take. Take is is staggering, really. Well, and would, what and that, is being done to address that? Yeah. And that wouldn't happen, perhaps, so much if if people were allowed to see refs as as um, a bit more human, you know. And as one, you know, if if it's a someone you think this is, you know, this is this guy could be my mate or you know this woman could be my friend then you know that sort of thing might not happen i mean and i you know it's terrible those kind of things i don't know how that'll stop that's but you know it's been going on for years i mean it's it's horrendous and we you know and that's and we're already struggling to get referees for yeah. grassroots level that doesn't help it also doesn't help if someone gets heavily well, heavily it, punished for something yeah. as trivial as incredible thing is, is the examples of the grassroots incidents that have happened is it is it is the lad from the next village over that is a referee for maybe a little maybe that's the kind of thing he wants to get into mm. or part-time work for him if you extra quid on a saturday and sunday afternoon but some of the experiences that they've had to uh put themselves through incredible really we'll keep our right uh, our eye on that he has decided to appeal that three week suspension we should say but, uh, david mcnamara and we'll wait and see on the very latest but to be fair to him you know to be fair looking on the plus side i mean at least he got a three day um three match suspension I and mean, there's a situation in america in louisiana there's a match between mandeville and st paul's as a high school game and uh the referee, uh, there was a bit of a crowd incident and uh, there was some police there to, to, to manage a crowd and the referees got really mouthy with the police and they ended up cutting them off and taking them to jail. And they said the game was uh, held up for 25 minutes because the referee was cutted off in yeah, jail. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. So he, he's got off quite lightly to be got off year. Nobody could, he wasn't carted off. Um, <laughs> let's finish with this. I don't know if you, if you chaps are fans of Armour Celebrity, which has uh, started mm. on our, our boxes uh, last night back in Australia. But of course, the former Queen's Park Rangers, West Ham, Portsmouth Tottenham manager, Harry Redknapp yeah. is a guest. I don't know yeah. if you're fans of the show, but um, well, we're going to get some interesting things out of Mr. Redknapp over the next few weeks. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Some of the stories might be interesting. I know quite a lot of QPR fans and probably some fans from other clubs are going to make quite sure as sure as they can that he will be taking part in some pretty rough bush tucker trials <laughs> so uh yeah i mean apparently he said last night that he hasn't seen the show he just went on it because his grandkids liked it or something yeah. like that so we also said last night that he thought the whole thing was set up and there'd be a bacon uh, a bacon sarni available around the corner in a van we said well we're back on set guys back on set i i'm a portsmouth fan so you know 
Mr. Redknapp has played quite a, an active role in the in the club club's recent history and mm. his part in the unraveling of Portsmouth Football Club is is one that we still talk about. But um, I did I did find him quite entertaining. I've got to say last night I think he'll be really good value on the show. Has he brought his dog with him? By the no, way? he hasn't brought his dog with him. No, he's not Peter Crouch with him. Either. I hope his knees are okay. For, yeah, for the, that's right. He could, he, to be quite honest, if he could have brought another three players from Brentford down to Australia with him as well, like he did at the end of last season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> give us another twelve million. Thank Boys, really much. enjoyed your company. Thank you very much, Dan. Real pleasure, mate. And uh, the solid podcast. Keep Bes- up the good work, mates. Uh, just good tell man. us where it's available again. You can find us at besotted.com, which is Besotted Podcast. Also, we've also another Pride of West. London, and that's Brentford, not QPR, Pride of West. London. Yeah, it does sound confusing. Yeah. <laughs> you got a book out as well, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, booked the gospel according to our football heroes. Brilliant uh, stuff. Yes, get it. Available in good bookshops. Yeah, available everywhere. Yeah, Brilliant it's got stuff. Some lovely reviews. Boys, thank you very much for your company. Really enjoyed that. Talks about two live fans for and back next Monday from 8 o'clock. Next up, Focus gets into EFL. I'll be joined by the former Bryces and Celtic defender Adam Virgo and Ali Maxwell from Not the Top 20 podcast as well. Talksport 2 Live. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.